one and all to the 208th episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast, featuring myself, Ben Manning, alongside my co-hosts, Brian T. McClure, Ryan Ianopoulos, and Sparks Witty. Today on this fine, beautiful Sunday evening, we are going to be talking about DC fandom, a whole lot of trailers, and Ben's love of freaking sports because his favorite football team won today. Hallelujah. How's it going, gentlemen? How are you this fine, beautiful Sunday evening? I'm really good after uh, your little... <laughs> I forgot that we had the um the I intro. also forgot. I cracked up so hard. I'm doing better than the Lions, Ben. I'll say that. How about that? That's the Lions lost I'm real going to quickly. the Lions lost today, right? Yeah, I real, real quickly, I just want to say, guys, this week we passed 100 subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. This video will be our 200th video. Wow. Wow, that's so much shit. Damn. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have, uh, we were, because of that, because you guys did it, uh, we don't need any more subscribers. Thank you. Goodbye. No, uh, uh, because no, you guys did that. More subscribers. But we, we were able to change our YouTube channel's name to www.youtube.com <laughs> slash C slash fake nerd podcast instead of six five nor four nine htmlg nine six nine because like i don't want to remember that right that's right. not <laughs> now just there you go type in fake nerd podcast you'll find our channel which is awesome bing bong i love we it. Did it we did that is step one that is step one we made 100 subscribers step two well actually that would have been like what step five uh, in I the journey of the podcast I, I, I was doing the underpants gnome joke from south park where it's like it. step one, underpants step two uh, get underpass. Step three, step four, profit. Never gonna find out what step three is. <laughs> Never gonna find out. No idea. Good. <laughs> All right, who wants to go first with their week? It's gonna oh, be. No. It's. Oh no, Ben, you you go. How about that? Yeah, I yeah. I did uh, jack shit this week. To be perfectly honest, the only time I was actually um uh productive was Friday and yesterday and today because not not a whole lot of media consumed this week. Um. Did I finish Core this week? I can't remember. No, I don't think I did. I, I finished it last week. I don't know either. Did you, did you finish Cora? Yeah. I mean, I finished Cora, but I can't remember if it was this week or last did week. You finished Cora this week. Yeah. Because you oh. talked about it last week. Yeah. Thank you, honey. Uh, I, I also started and finished Aggressuko, um, the anime on uh, Netflix about that uh, awesome little uh, uh, red panda who is a cute Sanrio character, but she freaking loves death metal. It's a really good season. Highly enjoy it. Uh, There's a comic it. book out now. Yeah, there is a comic book out I, now. I didn't realize it was that popular. That's dope. Yeah. And also, fun fact, friend of the show, Ben Lepley, the voice of Dudu, who I interviewed a while back, he is a voice and a prominent character on that show this season. So good on you, bud. Getting paid. Good job, Ben. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you about his character because when his character shows up, damn. Uh, besides that, I just I organized my comic books. I took that long box of comics that was in the garage out of the garage and was trying to organize it. Good. I got some more boxes. They're a little bit more organized now. My main one with all my old Archie Sonic and Archie Mega Man books is still a cluster shag, but at least I have a, long, a short box all of all my X-Men and Star Wars books I need to still go through and organize. Uh, most of my DC stuff. I took some stuff off my bookshelf and put those into storage. And I hung up some books. If you saw my Instagram story, I hung up my um, a bunch of my um, uh, variant covers, uh, my my um, San Diego Comic Con covers. Yeah, and like the, the movie inspired ones. Yeah, yep, I hung those yeah, up. Those, as are, well. those are all awesome. 
Oh yeah. So I got, I was finally able to hang some stuff up and today was just, I went through more stuff, cleaned the, cleaned the room a little bit more and also was constantly trying to see if the Raiders were going to win, which they did. Cause I was like, cause I don't have cable here at my house and I can't really stream the game. Cause there's like a bunch of different streaming laws and it's messed up. Yeah. But I was like, my mom was over. We had, we went out to get coffee and uh, visit and also so I could give her a coffee mug back. But I'm just like trying to find a place to listen to the game on my phone. All the stations that said, yeah, if you live in the Los Angeles area, these are the stations you can listen to. No, you can't. They don't They don't play the football game, even if it's out of market. Oh. Yeah. But luckily, they have an app. I was able to listen to the last three sec, the three minutes of the game. Raiders won. First win the last three game. seconds. Like, what a game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I saw the score. I knew who was winning. But besides that, that's awesome. Also, the Dodgers won today. We uh, put the hurt on Houston, those cheaters. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm in a very, very happy mood. I'm glad, Ben. I'm glad. And also, we'll play, I got we'll play some video games together. Yeah, we played some video games together. I got comics, and also I, a random act of kindness was bestowed upon me on Friday. I went to the comic book store, and uh, they had this. It's the free comic book day version of Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess. Cool. And I saw a gentleman putting it into his bag. And I asked him, "Hey, where'd you get that?" Oh, it's over here. We walk over there. There was not left. Apparently, he grabbed the last two and didn't realize it. So I'm like, "Oh, that's a bummer." So I'm about to pay for my comics, and he's like. You know what? Nah, here you go. He gives me one, yeah, he gives me one of uh, his copies, and of course we and we talk about Zelda for a little bit before I leave the store, and and it, it was very nice. It brightened my day up. Which, to be perfectly honest, Friday wasn't uh, wasn't much of a happy day for me, but that was a nice little glimmer of of kindness. So that's I amazing thank that person for that. That's cool. Yeah, good people, cool. good people still exist. That's nice. Yeah. So. That's pretty much my week. I watched Agretico. It's awesome. Watch season three and sports. Sports. I like the I sports. Always, real quickly before Ryan starts, I always like that uh, uh, Ben gives us a little recap at the end. Like it, in summation, what, what, what yeah. I've spoken of now. The opposite of the trailer before the trailer. It's like, here's what she just watched. Yeah. Do you trailer? guys want to stop doing that? Because if it's a problem, I'll stop. No, no. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's a too long didn't read. Uh, uh, it's a good, I like it. I, it's yeah. I, I, I like it. Ryan. So, uh, I did the exact same thing I did last week. I just read comics. Uh, I did a downright annoyed thing with the movies and I played Avengers, the video game Avengers, but let's talk about some of the comics I read. Boop, boop, boop. Wonder Woman 762. That's a big number. Wow. Um, that book continues to be really, really good. Like it's not, it's not breaking any ground, but like, um, I, I'm really intrigued with what, uh, Mariko Tamaki is doing with Maxwell Lord. I think she writes a, a really compelling, uh, villain who's not a villain at the moment. She has to team up with him. And again, you are right. There's a reason he's in the comic because I got a movie coming out. Of course he's in that book. Uh, that book's fun. Um, there's a new Bill and Ted comic out. We just talked about it. I'm like, wow, I'd read a new Bill and Ted comic. So I told I wasn't a liar and I bought that comic book. Um, lucky. I, when, I went, when I went to the store, they're all sold out. Yeah, I, I got the last copy actually. Um, ah, lucky you. It's, it's fine. Um, okay. It takes place after Bogus Journey. Uh, it takes place in the year 2000, and they do have, a, and they still have the two daughters. They have daughters, but they're very okay. young. So it's it would it's <clears> like it's like 20 years before this movie or whatever. Um, well, but, 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 oh, no, when I was flipping through my books, I actually found Bill and Ted's Most Triumphant Return. I still have all six issues Excellent. of that uh, miniseries. I love it. Um, but this one, um, it it it, it kind of just feels like a rehash. It doesn't feel like like uh, uh like those other books did. Um. I'll give it another issue, but like it kind of just feels like, oh, we're just like we have to stop the future from being bad. And I'm just like, oh, it doesn't 
it doesn't have that flair. I think the writing for Bill and Ted are good. I think the voices are there, but uh, it didn't do anything to really go like, oh, what? Why does this exist? You know what I mean? It feels like mm-hmm. they kind of put it out. So it's written by uh, Evan Dorkin, right? Yes, uh, uh, who did uh, *Beast of Burden*, uh, which is a yeah. book uh, we did on the on the book club once, um, and um, uh, the other one. Oh, the spinoff book, yeah, um, Kirk, Kirk, Kirkwood, Black Blackwood, uh, Blackwood, I think something about Blackwood. Yes. Blackwood, Blackwood, Bug people in that one. That was a good one. Um, uh, yeah, yeah so, so I'm a little surprised. A little surprised here. I know it's in continuity with the movie because it has daughters instead of sons. Yes, but um, I I wasn't. I didn't know that it was a that it, that that was coming out. Yeah, I I didn't know either, and, and again, I had to, I think they only our store is is not the best with indie comics, so like they only had one left when I got there, so I'm sure they didn't have any. At I was the like I was like two steps away from making a Mulan joke because he said they had daughters instead of sons. Almost there. Nah, last week. Um, so yeah, that book's fine. I'll, I'll give it another issue because like um like I do I, I do think Bill and Ted are fun, and there are there are some good jokes, but uh, the plot itself, it's like oh it's yeah, oh, it's fine. Um, sure. Brandon, did you pick up the Rise of Ultraman? No, I did not. Oh, you really should have, my man. Yeah. Uh, man, you want a good kaiju book? Hello, it's right here, and Marvel has the rights to it. Um, this is Marvel's big because well, because I've never I've never uh, seen any Ultraman ever. Neither have I. This is the perfect yeah. book to jump onto. It, it it is so much from what I understand from people who like Ultraman. It feels like a Force Awakens where like, hey, if you're coming new, um, it has old stuff and brand new stuff to kind of make one giant uh, universe instead of all this different stuff. It's kind of like one centralized universe where real it all quick, matters. Real quickly, Ryan, I got a, a new subscriber. Uh, but have y'all read Lords of Empire? I think they just we have. Just Empire, right? Not Lords of Empire? Lo- uh, Lords of Empire are the tie-ins to Empire. I haven't, oh, no. I haven't read this week and last week's ending stuff well that's um, aftermath uh yeah. lords of empire well, no, last out. week was sixth issue of empire and i haven't read that oh I've sorry read lords yeah. Of empire. yeah yeah um I, but those are specifically the uh early tie-in books i have not oh but i finally but i also uh caught up on my comics this week too that's another thing i forgot Good. um really 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 tldr um <laughs> empire, empire x-men is freaking amazing I, fi- I caught up on all four issues. Those are awesome. I love them. Yeah. Uh, also, I finally read uh, my copy of Mega Man Fully Charged number one. Damn, that is a different tone from the TV show. Holy Good. shit. Like Holy dark? shit. It is dark. Like Good. Skull Man is introduced in this one. And as far as I know, he's not – because I haven't really watched the show. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if it's up on HBO Max later because if it is, I'll catch up. But that show, when you watch it, is definitely a kid show, which isn't bad. Yeah. But it's definitely a kid show. This book, it ain't a kid show. Like Skullman is like one of the big plot points is Skullman is threatening to kill Dr. Light on the spot. And that's freaking dark. Did you pick up that number one? Yeah. Okay. I, I actually I was this close to picking it up because I'm like, I'll give it a shot. Oh, it's cool. Uh but I didn't. But now I might. I I did. Um it's after when I was done reading it, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start watching the show and I'm looking forward to more. So cool. Mega Man is not on HBO Max. Rip. Damn. Um, yeah, um Ultraman, Ultraman's really cool. Like, um uh the artist like has such a and, it, and it's it's the only artist I can think of, uh Pepe Laras feel. Like his faces are very similar. Um he has really great like uh kinetic art, um like very anime, like it, it works perfectly with this book, and it's a it's really well written. And it's Kyle Higgins, like I'm a big fan of that guy. I'm glad he's getting more uh Marvel work. Uh yeah. I think that looks really fun, and it's the first issue. Uh I think everyone should give it a shot because like uh, you don't know if you like something until you try it out. And I've never, don't know anything about Ultraman, but I think kaijus are cool. And I know we all like kaiju, so I gave it a shot. Uh, I read all my X-Men books. Hey, guys, X-Men's cool. You heard it from the guy with the X-Men tattoo. Um, 
Uh, and then there were two Empire there Aftermath books. Oh, you got a shirt. Yes, we all like yeah. it. No, I'm just saying that this dude's awesome. Oh, yeah. he's. I'm loving his book. I read issue five. Holy crap, that book is amazing. Yeah. Dracula. Dracula. Ma- magic blood um empire had two uh, uh uh aftermath issues um i didn't hate the dan slot fantastic four book i didn't hate this book um also you haven't read it because you haven't read uh, uh there's a character that shows up that narrates this book that i don't know was if he was in that book in the fantastic four tie-ins i'm not gonna say who it is um but it's a character i haven't seen in a couple years and i think it's cool that they're bringing him back for something cool uh like it's a big setup both these issues have huge setups for x-men stuff and fantastic four stuff um and i'm i'm very interested to where it goes specifically for the x-men because it looks like the x-men are going to be fighting some people sometime soon um and it's almost like they have an event or something not that i'm not talking about that no (laughs) there's like seven x-men events happening soon um i picked up a cyberpunk book but i didn't read it yet uh and that's it and then i played more marvel's colon avengers the video game hey guys that game plays really good that game plays really fun uh it's it's got the destiny problem where uh what do you do after two weeks of playing that game not a whole lot of nothing uh you just replay the same missions um there is still high level stuff i haven't got to yet so that gives me incentive to keep playing i not everyone likes a combat i understand that i really like it i think it is a lot of fun i still haven't leveled everyone up but uh, all the characters are varied enough where I'm still having fun playing the game. Um, there's no more good story stuff. Like, it's just repeating kind of the same missions. But you know what? I I play Dead by Daylight with you guys, and I do the same thing for hours every single day. So, like, for me, that doesn't bother me. Um, I know the pandemic screwed things up badly for them. Uh, I also know this is the first time they've ever made a multiplayer game because they've only made the Tomb Raider games before this. So I understand all the struggles of trying to make a, a game in this scope uh, and having to eventually release it. Because uh, art's never really finished, right? And this game was supposed to come out in May. And if it would have came out in May, holy shit, it would have been a disaster. So um, I, I still think it's a very fun game to play. And at least the campaign is good. Destiny's campaign wasn't very good at the first one. Uh, the Division, Anthem, uh, Warframe, they all launched really badly. So I'll at least give the Avengers that has a dope-ass campaign to play. That, that I can give it that. Um, and the next month, we're supposed to be getting DLC. We're going to be getting Wakanda soon. Um, we were supposed to see footage of that with the last war table, but because of Chadwick Boseman's passing, uh, they decided to be respectful and not uh, show Black Panther stuff, um, which I get. So uh, the future of the game is really bright. Um, I, I, there's a lot of heart and character in, in that game. Um, it's just unfortunate that they had to eventually release it before it was done, um, which stinks. But mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think the, the foundation is really strong, and I'm still going to be playing it, so eventually I can do those high-level things that I haven't done yet. But then I'll probably get tired of those because it's the only thing in the game. So um, I'll come back to you in like... That's, a, that's what multiplayer's for. That's what multiplayer's for, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll come back to you. Uh, uh, I won't give you an update next week because there's not much else to do. But like, there'll be Kate Bishop and Hawkeye soon. Uh, there'll be Wakanda mm-hmm. soon. So I'll, I'll let you know then. Cool. You played Did I? Yeah. What? Uh, you played some Fortnite. I played Fortnite with him! Oh yeah, guys, Fortnite's really good. We We won twice in a row. It's the second we started playing. Our first two matches That's we won. Good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, mean, I know. You guys, you and Sparks, because we played Fall Guys, BT Dub, Sparks, I still can't get over that amazing win you had. He had a gr- he had a great comfort behind victory on Fall Guys when he was playing Fall Ball, the uh, soccer I, one. I, yeah, I want to be, be clear. I still have not won Fall Guys, but I did <laughs> yeah. win. But, you can't, but that was amazing comeback. <laughs> Kudos to you. Um, yeah, you guys have been telling me that I should, because I did download Fortnite. I want to say when it, like, the first few months when it was starting to get popular, my brother asked me to play it and I did play it. I tried it. 
it wasn't my thing. Now you guys are saying it's really good and I should give it a shot. So I will go back in with the open mind because not going to lie, as Fortnite gained more and more popularity and those dan- and the people were doing the dances and people were saying, oh my God, Fortnite's the greatest game ever. And I, I started becoming a quote unquote bitter old man. Yeah, I was hundred percent. Hey man. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't attacking it when if they like Fortnite. Fortnite's your favorite game. Kudos to you. Um, but I will, I will now say that I will give it another shot because of all the Marvel stuff. Um, let me, let me. Uh, I part of part of what made me go back to Fortnite. Most of it is the Marvel stuff happening right uh-huh. now. Um, but the other part of it is I recently talked to a friend uh, about video game stuff, and they referenced Fortnite, and they're like, the reason why Fortnite is so good is because the game learned that the game is made for the pe- for the 99 people that lose a match, not for the one person that wins. And once they started catering to that audience rather than the one winner, that's when the game got good. And it's true, because what it is is that when I log in, I don't really care about winning the match. I don't care about being the number one person. It's cool if it happens, but it's not my goal. When mm-hmm. I go in... I I'm like, your goal is to go kill Dr. Doom while, you, while you're in this match. Oh, great. Or your job is to go uh, check out this Quinjet. Uh, or your job is to go check out the Black Panther statue. Find a Whatever. Wolverine Find uh, trophy. Find cl- claw marks and do these challenges and get experience and just do, okay. do stuff along the way. And the goal isn't to be the last person standing when oh. I play. And I don't think for most people when they play, that's the goal anymore. It doesn't feel that way. Right. And that's why I like the game. And it still is that game. You are still like trying to survive. That's still it. Yeah, but they give you so much to do. We're like, like half to, like when he was guiding me through all the missions he's already done, like we didn't interact with people half the time. It wasn't until the match got smaller and smaller and like we had to fight. It was like, oh, now we have to fight. But we had one section where I swear to God, like I think two separate squads flanked us from two sides and we killed them all with dude it felt like a john wick it was like eight people that we had to kill one after it was like it was like a bastard to each other man it was we were really lucky we were in a house at the time and like the marvel stuff like it is it is really well done like it's not it's not i talked about it last time like it's not a cash grab like the doctor doom stuff's really cool and you get his powers Uh, and you get to throw a giant green spirit ball so it's uh, awesome i think the best example of that is the one that i got this last week that i learned about which is that uh, if you do the week one and two challenges and you have Jennifer Walters, uh, then you get an extra costume design for her. Um, And what they show you in promoting that costume design for you to get it is that what you're going to get is uh, she usually is wearing a white blouse and a black skirt. Now she's wearing a gray blouse and a gray skirt. And you're like, ooh, and she's got some red in her hair. And I'm like, I guess that's fun. But what I didn't realize is that when I hit the She-Hulk transformation button in that, I turn into red She-Hulk, which is oh. dope. Yeah. Like, okay. yep. And I'm like, okay, so there's a lot of good stuff to this okay. game. And also, it couldn't hurt that it was written by Donnie Cates. Yeah, exactly. Which our Lord and Savior, Donnie Cates. Uh, absolutely, which historian. It's about feeling good about what you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll just, I'll just roll it. by Daylight is perfect for that. Exactly. If, if I get a generator done and I still die, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel the same way. Because <laughs> I, 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 I messaged Ben while we were doing this because I just realized while he was talking about Sonic comics that he has my thumb drive that I gave him with all the old Sonic comics on it. I've been looking for that thumb drive for like a month. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what I did with it. And it's right here. It yeah, is yeah. right here. It's safe. I still need to put these on my... It's, I'm going to talk to Fanny if it's cool to put it on a laptop or my desktop. I don't, I don't need it. I just was concerned that I didn't know where it was. Still uh, here. Make great. sure it's safe. Uh, so I'll just go. Um, yeah. Fortnite. Uh, I played Avengers as well. Uh, my copy finally showed up. Um, How so much? 
Hmm? How much did you play? I played all the way up until the the end of the abomination stuff that was in the beta. Oh, so not much action. It's like two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, but I got but I got all that like build up of the Kamala stuff, which honestly I really loved. Like the whole section of her, uh, in the opening, after Excellent. like the years later after a day. Yeah, and her going to the to the park for the heroes and stuff. I'm like, this is really great character game stuff i just didn't expect them to take their time with yeah uh again so, they didn't market any of that shit. i know it's crazy I, it really is kamala's story and it's a lot of it's it's really well done there's really good emotional beats in there um they take the time to give kamala on a day these moments where she has her first moment that she meets the heroes and they're uh, all good and they're individual and they're really well done like i didn't i didn't I don't want to spoil what happens, but like I think Thor rules. Like he, yes, he, like me too. Thor was the one who, like, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, "Oh, he's a bad Shakespearean guy, bro." That is the Thor Ragnarok Thor. They just don't advertise it. That dude is so funny. He yeah, really is. they don't advertise it, but he's so funny. He's cracking jokes left and right. Yeah. Who was in charge of this advertising? Because they should be fine. Not the people making Somebody the game. Dumb. Not the um, people making the game. So the Avengers game is is really good story stuff, and Ryan's right about the gameplay. Um, and the exploration feels good, and uh, I particularly love, I, this is minor spoiler, really, really minor spoiler, but I particularly love that when they need to load you into a totally new area, what happens is that Bruce is driving Kamala somewhere, and so they just show you a long sequence of Bruce driving the car, and she's sitting in there with a big, with, with a big, big cup, and she's just slurping out of it, <laughs> and Bruce is just like, I, I, he's just like come out of being the Hulk for the first time in a long time, and he's like, got no patience, and Kamala's just like, okay, uh, <laughs> And that's the sequence. It's like the Peter, the Spider-Man subway transition. Mm, but instead, yeah, but, it's like, but but instead of just like making that something that like sometimes happens, they built it into a character moment. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really cool. And we played Dead by Daylight. The graphics updated. We should talk about that real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dead by Daylight yeah. look great. So um, that game is is over four years old now. Um, and it recently got announced that it's getting a PS5, Xbox One like free upgrade if you own the game. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, they've already been apparently working on that because I gave the the current gen games an update, which an is update. dope. A really uh, uh, an eight gig update that really did make a difference visually. Yeah. Um, it, I was I wasn't expecting it to look as Same. much better as it did, and it's going to look even even better on the next. The maps console. maps are so much more dynamic. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the maps that we were playing this weekend were a lot. Either I don't know, I couldn't tell if they're the same maps that we've been in, even the ones that we were in, like the cornfield one. They were looks a lot better. They were, I think, all but one the same map that we've done over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's but like, it's they look the different too. The light, the lighting is super imp- like lighting goes a long way in this in these types it of really games. Does. Yeah. Um. But yeah, all the textures are better. It's just like, it's like a it's a complete almost overhaul. It's nice. Yeah. They you're, you're actually working on yeah, generators. One of the things I was gonna mention is like the little things in right. like when they do big uh, um, upgrades or patches like this, they add the, the little things like instead because before when you worked on generator, it's just your hands went inside and. There, it was like random, just like random movement. Now there's like levers. You're trying to hotwire it. You're actually working on it, and it's, it's like, like you're oh. doing something. Yeah. yeah, it feels like you're actually doing something instead of just constantly staring at that timer and looking around for the killer and mentally yelling at that timer to hurry the f up. Yeah, and and considering everything else they make you pay for that game, I'm really glad that the upgrades are all free, including yeah. up to the next console. I think mm-hmm. that's awesome. So good on them for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched Lovecraft Country. It took me a long time to get the video up. Part of that is because I had to focus on school stuff first. Another part of it is something weird was going on here as far as uploading to YouTube. I'm hoping it was just that one day. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I had that video done in the morning, Brandon. That video went up at like 5 p.m. And that's never happened to me before. 
uh, I, a YouTube I, thing. Uh, I I had to assume so. I canceled it twice and tried to restart it, and it kept doing it. Um, but anyway, our fake nerds watch Lovecraft Country came out late, but it's up. Um, description, description. Yeah. Uh, I uh, today watched uh, Bad Times at the El Royale, which I hadn't seen yet. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that. That was pretty good. Uh, it made me really sad that oh, I, I'm blanking on her name. I should have had it up. But the uh, the one who plays Darlene, Lovecraft Country, uh, great. Uh, Lovecraft Country is amazing. Um, uh, Darlene in the film, uh, she was just in that Harriet film, and she's so good. And I wish that that Harriet movie, I'd heard better things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I, I liked Bad Times at the El Royale. I think that uh, there's kind of a, a swing and a miss on not on Chris Hemsworth's performance, but on the writing of his character. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's kind of the only thing I don't like about that film is that I, I'm either not given enough time or the time that they use isn't utilized well to convince me that he's kind of the Charles Manson stand-in he is. Mm -hmm. So I, I remember really liking that movie. I haven't seen it in, in, since it was theaters, but... I, I really enjoy it, too. There's just like a... I can buy him in when it gets to the third act of the movie when Chris Hemsworth is there. I can buy him as the guy who's like talk using his words the way he is to hold it over the like victims at the hotel. But what I don't buy about his personality is that he's the kind of personality that all these people form a cult around. Mm -hmm. They don't sell me on that idea. And that's that's the hard part of it. Yeah. Otherwise, I liked it. Um, we watched one more episode of The Boys. Yeah. So we're catching up. That was great. That show still. We'll talk rules. about that soon, so I'm not going to go into it here. Yeah. I watched Citizen Kane for school. Um, that's a movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't dislike that movie. I just think that movie gets more praise than it deserves. But I don't dislike it. Um, uh, Brandon and I played a game called Among Us. We did. We did. Um, that's a, a, it's very popular. It's a lot of fun. Um, I think especially if you're playing with your friends. Uh, I I knew automatically I would like the game because it is essentially virtual mafia, cutthroat, werewolf, whatever you want to call it. It's that game, but virtually, uh, where you are playing with all your friends and then one or two or three are secretly the killer and you're all trying to figure out who the killer is. Uh, I have always loved those games. So it's no it's no surprise that I love Among Us. Um, and it's really nice that you can do that from home with your friends. <laughs> Real quickly, Ben, you're you're sitting too still. You're freaking me out. <laughs> I'm just like, honestly, I, I had this, I I did it. If you weren't blinking, uh, you my screen froze. And then the the last thing I'll bring up is that Megan and I finished watching Smash. Um, okay. If you, I'll say it again. If you like musicals, musical theater, that's a worthwhile show to watch. Um, I think uh, that they have some writing issues kind of forcing the way I described it to Megan is that it's a show that pisses me off because um, I don't feel like the characters are ever allowed to like breathe and have a moment of joy because they'll, they'll have a big dramatic thing introduced in an episode. The next episode is all about them resolving that thing or like dealing with it. And then in the episode after that, it is fully resolved and then immediately a new thing happens to them. And this happens to like all of the principles Hey, Titus. Uh, just constantly, all the different ones. And I'm like, that's 
so much. Uh, like once a character has resolved the thing, like let them be happy for like an episode or two and let me just focus on other characters dealing with dumb stuff. But drama. Yes. It, but I've like watched dramas before and this is, this is on an extreme level where they, they like, it's always a problem to me when you force a character to do something that doesn't feel like something a character would do just because you need to create, you feel you need to create more tension or drama oh, yeah. for a character. And I'm like, that's... I hate forced drama. Oh, yeah. And that happens a lot in Smash, unfortunately, especially in the second half of the second season. But overall, okay. I enjoy the experience. Every time you say Smash, Sparks, Smash. I know you're yeah. talking about the show. I know you're talking about the show, but for some freaking reason, my brain goes to Smash Bros. Yeah, uh, like, sure. Every time someone says Smash, I'm like, what, Smash Bros? Where, where, where? Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. I know. I can tell you the reason. Why? It's because you play a lot of Smash Brothers? It's... <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Ben. Uh, because uh, I'm, a, I'm, I, a video game, I'm a video game guy? And I promise you, uh, I, I can think of very few things that are as, are as far apart away from each other as Super Smash Brothers and the television show Smash What do you mean? Oh, Marilyn Monroe is oh, the no. new character in the Smash Brothers. Okay. Uh, However, if people can edit um, like cut uh, frames of Smash... Into the Avengers trailers, someone someone can turn it to into a musical. I'm pretty sure they could. That goes, Smash to, the the people, <laughs> that goes to the people watching this. Thank Smash you. Smash the like button. Thank you, Titus. Yeah, drama because it's bad writing. Um, uh, just real quick, because uh, yes. uh, somebody brought up uh, the Lords of Empire book. Uh, that writer, Alex Packnerdell, has a new. Uh, indie book called Giga coming out, which is a post-apocalyptic kaiju book, but it's not about the kaiju. It's about the people who now live in its, uh, inside the robots that help defend the world. The robots were so big, now they're using them as like as like cities to live inside. Uh, that looks sick, and I'm super excited for that book. It's called Giga. From Vault Comics. Yeah, Vault's the best, baby. Uh, that's it for me. Go ahead, awesome. Brandon. All right, uh, I did a lot of recapping a lot of stuff, so I'm not going to go into it too much. Um, the only like new movie that I watched this week was a movie called Animal Crackers. This is a Netflix original. I mean, they, they bought it. Um, indie animated film. Um, it's really good. It, it's got a really good voice cast, I should say. Um, John Krasinski, Ian McKellen. They play brothers. That's weird. Um, no, sorry. John Krasinski is Ian McKellen's nephew. Okay, that's better. <laughs> Ian McKellen's brother is Obi-Wan Kenobi from the Clone Wars. Oh, okay. James Ronald Taylor. Is old man voice, though, or something? No. Oh, weird. He does when he is an old man. Okay. I- Ian McKellen does a young man voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, I'm Ian McKellen. <laughs> he does say, fly you fools, which I thought was funny. Oh, that's rich. Wow. Fly you fools. So it's 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 an enjoyable animated feature. Um, if you just want a good time, um, it's about John Krasinski. His family has owned the circus that Danny DeVito belongs to, and uh, Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone is in it. Um, is it a and- prequel? I love I love the idea that like it's a circus and the exhibit is Danny DeVito, not Danny <laughs> DeVito voicing an animal, just Danny DeVito. <laughs> it's Danny DeVito voicing a clown, but the animals are John Krasinski. So he takes these, he eats these animal crackers that turn him into an animal. Oh, wow. Oh, it's Kirby. And so that's the whole movie. And Ian McKellen wants that. It's a cute film. Okay. The animation good? Yeah, the animation's pretty good. Cool. Um, but I won't go too deep into it. I watched The Final Girls, which is an underrated gem. Yes, it is. When did we watch that last year? 
Yeah, we, 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 um, you guys showed that to me uh, last year. You you uh, forced, oh well, not forced. You sat fan and I down to watch it because you said it was really good. I I think it is a crime that Final Girls can't get its sequel made. Yeah, back when we can't could hang out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, long long ago in the before times. I also rewatched the Brendan Fraser Rachel Weisz the Mummy. American. Uh, Mm-hmm. American classic. Zara hasn't seen it before, and when I told and when I told her, she I was like, "Hey, I want to watch the Mummy." She said the Tom Cruise one. I said, "Buddy," because <laughs> <laughs> she had never seen any of them. She's not seen the Boris Karloff. She's not seen the uh, Brendan Fraser or the Tom Cruise. Oh, the Abbott Costello. Abbott Costello. Um, so I so that I got it on Blu-ray now. Uh, actually, thanks to Sparks. Oh my god! Has enough time passed from when we made that video that you got you you now rewatch the movie? Oh my god! That's oh <laughs> time! Oh no! Yeah, there's a whole um, video made that that's. Just, I was that's still definitely. living at my old house when I borrowed uh, Dracula, the Bela Lugosi film from Sparks because I never seen any of the classic Universal Marvel films. Dracula, mm-hmm. motherfucker. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so we watched the we watched the the Brendan Fraser one. That movie's great. Like the movie holds up so well, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, Brendan Fraser is one of the best action heroes of our time. Uh, I, w- I really wish that he didn't destroy his body and lose all his money to divorce. That was unfair. So which historian, when you say original mummy, are you talking about the Brendan Fraser mummy or the 1930s Boris Karloff one? Just curious. Well, generally speaking, remake. <laughs> generally Brendan, speaking, people mean the 90s. Brendan okay. Fraser's life took a took a hard turn on him, and that sucks. Yeah. I feel yeah. bad for the guy. But uh, he's super great in... Um, God, I don't remember. Doom Patrol. But I was going to say Doom Patrol. Truth or... uh, Trust. Trust, thank you. Trust. He's super great in Trust, which I I think is part of what led to him being able to be on Doom Patrol. Where he plays Mark Wahlberg's character from the movie, right? Sure, I never saw the movie, so yes. Yeah, it's Mark Wahlberg's character. Cool. Um, Fraser's character, actually. Yeah. (laughs) He's not a real person. (laughs) This week was also the 54th anniversary of Star Trek. So, as as always on the anniversary, it is Star Trek Day on September 8th. Um, So, I watched some Star Trek movies. I watched my comfort movies, which were Generations, which is the one where Kirk meets Picard. It's a comfort film. It's not great, but I feel nice watching it. That's good. Um, I also watched Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. That's the one that takes place in uh sparks and i's alma mater hometown that's what that's called first star trek film i ever watched in my life uh and the monterey bay aquarium is the uh cetacean institute in san francisco in that movie yeah um that movie's a joy i like that one a whole lot but zara had never seen zara had seen let me tell you the story zara had seen one jj abrams star trek movie and she couldn't tell me which one i was like is it Star Trek 9 is a Star Trek of the Darkness, is a Star Trek Beyond. It's like it was definitely not Beyond. But I don't know. So I was like, okay, we're just gonna have to watch them all. As you do, you just watch three movies. <laughs> so we watched the three, the trilogy, the JJ Abrams trilogy, or the Kelvin trilogy, as it's officially as it's officially done. It, it shouldn't be called the Abrams trilogy because he's not involved in the third one. I mean, he's he's the executive producer, so that's how they get around yeah, it. But officially... We all know that just means that you, you your name's on it so you can get paid. It's like really? hey, on it. It is called the Kelvin, the Kelvin timeline films, Kelvin children. Sure, sure. Um, Star Trek 09 is a really solid film. It's not a great Star Trek film, but it's solid. It's got a great cast. Um, Leonard Nimoy is amazing in it. Star Trek Into Darkness is one of the worst pieces of garbage I've ever seen in my life. 
And every time I've only watched it three times, and each time it gets significantly worse. Because this time I realized that Benedict Cumberbatch is actually not good in the movie. What a twist. Which I used to think for a long time. I was like, Benedict Cumberbatch is good in it. He's awful. He's given nothing. Yeah. It's an awful, awful movie. I, I haven't seen that movie since theaters, and I same I really don't know if I ever will. I don't need it. There's no reason to. I was going to get I was going to get rid of it. We yeah. get you know I'm getting a little bit more le- a little bit more um harsh on my DVDs, <laughs> you know. Uh, if I don't like the movie, you're out. So I don't like Star Trek Into Darkness, but I, I was watching. I was like, shit. This is the last time Leonard Nimoy was Spock. Yeah, I can't get rid of it. Whatever, hey man, whatever you need to justify having it on your shelf. I understand. Leonard Nimoy has, Leonard, you know, Leonard Nimoy died significantly after that, actually, during mm-hmm. Star Trek Beyond. But, okay, but Star Trek Beyond is garbage. Star Trek Beyond is awesome. That movie rules. James Wan? Uh, James Wan? James Wan? Justin Lin. Justin Lin. Justin Lin. Um, and Simon Pegg and his, and his writing partner, I forget his name, on script. That movie rules. That is an excellent Star Trek film. That is an excellent blockbuster. Somehow they pulled it off really well. Uh, it's made even better if Star Trek in the Darkness doesn't exist, which is great. Um, because it's not the exact same plot. But that film looks awesome. That that movie moves. Uh, it's got, a, honestly, a great callback to Star Trek 09 with the music scene towards mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. If you're a Star Trek fan, you pick out all these little nuggets. I love that movie. That movie's I, a blast. I love Beyond. Uh, I think if Beyond had come right after Star Trek 09, we'd have so many more Star Trek movies already. Oh, yeah. 100%. I remember, I've only seen it since we saw it in the theaters, but I will never forget watching the scene where uh, um, Zachary Quinto Spock opens the opens what Leonard Nimoy Spock left him, and it's the picture of the original cast. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost freaking cried. From Star Trek Five, The Final yep. Frontier. <laughs> I almost freaking cried. Yeah, I was that's a good moment. close to tears. It's also the last time Anton Yelchin is in, in start. You know, he's Chekhov. Yeah, that's he's got a good, good performance. I like the movie a whole lot. The movie's awesome. Um, that's all I want to say about those. But I watched a new show kind of on accident. I was just needed something on. I watched the entirety of Prop Culture, which is a Disney Plus docu series. Oh, nice! About a guy that goes around collecting props and talking about their significance. Uh, he does. He searches for Mary Poppins, Tron, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was a really fun episode. Yes, it was. I watched it. Um, Number Before Christmas, that was good. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fun little show about about just like movie history and and you know the value that these props can take. You know. Yeah, I really like the Narnia episode where we got uh, three of the four kids and they're holding the shield and they're like, oh, it's so much lighter now. I'm like, yeah, you grew, dude. What about yeah. Turkish delights? Do they have any Turkish delights? No, no Turkish delights. I'm not watching them. Um, yeah, I think that shows. I think that shows really, really interesting. Um, I don't know when it's going to get a second season because it kind of needs to go outside to do it. Um, but whatever, we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, okay. I read some X Men comics, like Ryan said. I figured out those one in there. I read the X Men comics. Those are all really good. Uh, X Factor was a lot of fun. Man, X Factor, the turning Mojoverse, which always was like a interdimensional TV show into like uh, um, modern day streaming is brilliant and totally makes sense. And uh, yeah, that book, like all these new, like Hellions, X-Factor, like I don't, it's impressive how they keep putting new books out mm-hmm. and they're all 
dope as hell in completely different ways. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys, X-Men rule. Just saying. Mm-hmm. You know it. And then I read, uh, the only other comic I read this week was Web of Venom Wraith, which is the new tie-in to, uh, mm-hmm. to Venom. Uh, that book introduces an aspect to what could be the King in Black, what could happen in the King of Black arc. Uh, and it's so cool. And uh, I just found myself really enjoying it. And I'm so stoked for King in Black. Uh, I thought that book was awesome. Excellent. But, I, I thought about it, but I, I'm a few issues behind on Venom because uh, I've just been reading that digitally now. Um, yeah. I was like, man, I read some really cool character, uh, but he was in his Guardians run too, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really likes that character. Um, I'll probably end up reading it. Still. Well, in his in his Guardians run, Wraith is like Wraith is helping Maximus, I think, um, so that uh, he can find the location of Null. And so that's where we pick him up in Web of Venom, mm. where he's found Null. And he, and you know, if you read Absolute Carnage, you know, Null is coming. So, oh, he, he's coming. All right. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of like him breaking out and what happens to Wraith at the time. Donnie Cates, by the way, if you're watching this, you absolutely do put ketchup on hot dogs. No, I, heathen. I, no, I, I am a staunch, uh, I, I am anti that as well. Oh my God. Ed too, Brute. Hey. I, I'll be honest with you. I go both ways. Good. Me too. I mean, some days I want ketchup, some days I want mustard and onion. Yeah. Centralism. I'm kidding. It's hot dog. I'm kidding. It depends on how good that hot dog is. Is that hot dog really good on its own? I don't need the ketchup. It's true. That hot dog (laughs) needs ketchup to to make it actually taste good, and it gets ketchup. You know what? You know you guys just made me miss so much. Dodger dogs. Yes. Because I my perfect Dodger dog is a, is a Dodger dog with mustard and onions and it's just and an ice cold Coke and I am a happy man mm. for, for the whole That's game. Ninety seven dollars. That sounds right there. good, man. I like the spice, so I like the Giants dog, which comes with jalapeno peppers. <laughs> Spicy meatballs. Sounds better to me. That's All right. Just... Shall we do our? Shall we get into our news now? Yeah. Let's yeah. Go. You have the music thing for this one too? No, I don't. Shit. Um, it's videos for it, or it'll just be a black screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we don't want a black screen. <laughs> By the way, when you, last week, guys, I got this out of the of the audio, but it's still in the video. Um, in the middle of the outro music, Ryan just unmutes his microphone, and you absolutely do hear it. Yes. Uh, before we go one hundred percent into the news, I want to make a quick addendum. Uh, there's no other really good place to do it about our Mulan review last week. Okay. Uh, before we started, I did a thing where I talked about the controversies behind it. I apologize. I didn't look at everything that was part of that controversy behind it. Because it has a lot more to do with a lot of people being really upset about filming, where there's the highest con- uh, amount of concentration camps since the Holocaust. Oh. And Disney filmed there. And oh. then explicitly thanked them for letting them film on this mm. really unfortunate hate crime. Uh, yeah. That's gross. In the film's credits. And I'm like, you know what? I get it more now. Um mm-hmm. I totally understand why people want to boycott that movie. Uh, I also understand the arguments. It, it, I understand the arguments against it. We watched it. We reviewed it. It's there. I'm sorry. Hey, good news. It's not great, though. So uh, good legacy, Disney. Yeah. It was after we did the review. Then I think the next day I was scrolling on Twitter and so much of that. I'm like, shit. That was, that was already out there. I just hadn't seen it. Yeah, I hadn't seen it either. But it, but it already existed, and that was part of uh, a lot of it. So I just wanted to be clear, like, we're aware, 
there's a lot of shitty things that went on with that production, regardless of like the positives, which a lot of people have talked about, uh, you know, like the Asian American representation as far as like film actors going and things like that. However, I do want to point out one thing that I think is absolutely insane. Uh, Disney Plus has that movie available in a ton of languages, but do you want to guess which one it isn't available in for subtitles? Subtitles? Mandarin. Mandarin Chi- Are you kidding me? There's no Mandarin Chinese? There's no Mandarin subtitles for that in their For their Disney Plus In their movie. Chinese movie? Right, so a whole bunch uh, of people uh, whose grandparents and parents <laughs> only speak Chinese have talked uh, about how they their, their family members really wanted to watch this movie, and they can't. How is that... How is that even... What that one? That one's hilarious. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that one to the news. So right. here's the ball. Dun. Man, you know Disney sucks a little bit sometimes, all the time. When you're that big of a company, you're always gonna suck somewhere. It's true. Like a vacuum. And here's your bread and your butter. Here's your butter. Okay. Okay. Not in my ear. Thank you. All right. Uh, butter. Moving on, um, this this week saw the passing of famed actress Diana Rigg. Um, she's most mostly known, probably to our audience, as uh, as from Game of Thrones. Yes. Oh yeah. She, she oh, had a long. Olana Tyrell. She had a long history in Hollywood. Very long history in Hollywood. Um, for instance, she's the only person to ever marry James Bond. Yeah, I was she, gonna say she's a Bond woman. Yeah, she is. She's, she was the Bond girl in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, the only film with George Lazenby. Nice. I I know her. I watched it when I was young, uh, uh, like the old school Avengers, where she played Miss Peel. I think her name was Miss Peel. Um, but this was like sixty years ago at this point. But um, yeah, man, that's she's she, she's a legacy legacy yeah. person. Uh, she passed away this week at the age of eighty-two. Yeah. Uh, Game of uh, Thrones. She, she was a bad ass lady. Uh. Elena Tyrell killed it literally. Mm, and, and she did. Literally. She was so cool. Um, I only knew her from because of Elena Tyrell. And then back when uh, I want to say it was like when season six was rolling around, people were showing memes of well, they were sharing memes, showing memes or screenshots of like when uh, Elena was telling Marjorie, like, I was good. I was oh, really yeah. good. And then it was a picture yeah. of her back in the day. It's like, yeah, she's not joking. Yeah. And she in fact, was, he, was, he was the first Avenger, technically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Uh, I saw the '90s remake with Sean Connery. Uh, Ray Fiennes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Moving and, on. Are you talking about old '60s yeah. the Avengers with the the spies? Yes. Yes. yes which I did right, report on that right now. Oh. Right now, I made a reference to the remake movie. Yeah, I, 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 um, I studied that. I that was I had to do a report on the Avengers when I was. Oh, it wasn't the Avengers of the Mod Squad? Never mind. <laughs> I'm thinking of the wrong TV show. Shit. Sorry. All right. As in the world. Um. Lots of lots of lots of comments here. Okay. Um. Okay. Some video game news happened this week. Um, Xbox, for instance, had this leaked and then confirmed that the uh, that their new console, next-gen console, will be available November 10th. Um, the Xbox Series X will be released at $499, yep. while the Xbox Series mm-hmm. S will be released at $299. Holy mm-hmm. shit, yes. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Huge. That's a price. Uh, it's the cheapest next-gen console ever made. And I'm not mm-hmm. counting the Switch, because 
let's not joke. Nintendo's never been about power. Um, with, with game pass being $15, um, this is the best thing. This is the best deal you can. This is, this is not a true next gen system, but it is more powerful than your current Xbox. And you're getting it for three hundred dollars. Um, I know it being discless is a problem for physical media people. I understand that, but if you have Game Pass, every single, every single first, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, first party game like Halo and Gears, it's on Game Pass for free. Um, so you don't you don't need discs. The only problem is um, the memory. Uh, you're gonna run out of memory pretty fast. That's the only problem. But uh, we live in the 21st century. We all have you get external you know, hard get external hard drive. I, I, I think the only cha- the the challenge that like I would face personally is yeah. like if I even decided oh I'll go discless for the next gen console. Yeah. All my Xbox One games I have yeah. I can't put the discs in. No, anymore. that's true. That's why and that's, we, that's we would get comes like a we would get the more expensive one anyway probably because sure. uh, I don't want a half step measure. That's why I never bought right an because Xbox it's, One because S it's, or its resolution capabilities are lower. Yeah, they're not. They're still good. You but can, they're not yes. So um, games are not in 4K, but you can upscale movies and TV shows to 4K. So you still have a next gen like movie movie system. Uh, just the the games are still going to look better than they do now, but not true next gen. Which again, for three hundred dollars, you guys. Um, they also have a payment plan. I don't know if you guys know this. So you can spend uh, twenty five dollars a month, and you get an Xbox and you get Game Pass, and you pay it off in twenty four months, no interest. And you hmm. just get the Xbox. I... Like that is, you, so it's crazy because if Halo were coming out, you can get a new Xbox and Halo for $25. That's X- nice. Xbox is seriously like, they're blowing PlayStation out of the water. They like, are really pushing. Uh, is going to probably be $500. And they do have a lower end system too. That is not $300. We already, that's already pretty much confirmed. That is a disc drive in it. And it's, it's just a cheaper version. Um, probably $400. But uh Xbox is seriously like doing like money making moves, you guys. Like for real, it's insane. I, I think especially like you know what what PlayStation Five right now has against it is like there's a whole lot of like launch party titles and things that have already come out where you're like you can see the next gen in the PlayStation Five, and we haven't seen that yet in Xbox, but yeah. we will. Yeah. And Xbox long term has the plan to beat. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, PlayStation does have more exclusives coming out. Like it has it has uh, Miles Morales coming out at launch. Uh, Ratchet and Clank is is a couple months after that. Um, there's a bunch of other like in- cool indie games and smaller games that are at launch. So PlayStation definitely has the exclusives right now, but uh, they don't have the same backwards compatibility that Xbox does. Uh, it doesn't have a Game Pass uh, equivalent. It has X- PlayStation now, but that's just all old games. That's not new games. Um, like next gen, like uh, PlayStation's kind of in the in the ringer, and, and like yeah, they got Spider Man, but that's not a full game. That's a ten hour like side story, uh, which is great. But like man, I'm just like. Xbox is killing it. Oh man, but like I, we all like the PlayStation exclusives, I think more than Xbox ones. So like I'm still getting a PS5 and Xbox is or Microsoft is cool enough where I don't even need to buy a next gen system. All the games that are coming out in the next couple of years, I can still play on my Xbox One or even better yet, my dope ass PC. That's still going to be maybe even better than what the new consoles are coming out in. Uh so for Xbox it's like a win-win, like honestly, like they're they're and you can always decide to like get it later. Too. Yeah, and you can decide to get it later, and then you'll just have a better looking game. Yeah. Whereas PlayStation Five, like, no, nah, you got you have to buy a PS Five, which is cool. Um, but like, it's just so rigid and so like past thinking, and Xbox is so forward thinking. It's the stuff that they wanted to do with the original Xbox One seven years ago, but we the public was not ready for it. But now we are, and I'm like, man, we could have had this like almost a decade ago. Like, it's it's really crazy. It's really cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nintendo had a thing this week yeah. where they announced uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. 
Yeah. A game that is set 100 years before the events of The uh, Legend of Zelda. Pause, pause real quick. Which historian asked, do we have an opinion about Dragon Age? Oh, I like Dragon Age a lot. Um, that second game is not very good, but that's because that was like a that was a poorly managed game that came out bad. But one and three are excellent. I'm really excited for four. Made by Bioware, who makes Mass Effect, and I love that franchise. I, I echo a lot of what he said, except I have only played Dragon Age one. It's good. Never, sadly, never played it. All right, so Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, Hyrule Warriors. This game looks great. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. So yeah, it takes place 100 years before Breath of the Wild. While you're when you play Breath of the Wild, very minor spoilers for it. Um, it mentioned it's at the beginning of the game. It's not. Yeah, it's, at the, it's at the beginning of the game. They mentioned the thing called the Great Calamity, which is when Ganon took over and won, essentially. And you're picking up the pieces 100 years later. So you finally get to see the events of how Ganon won in a Dynasty's uh, Warrior style fight. Now, what really makes me excited for this one compared to the first Hybrid Warriors was that um, the creative team behind Breath of the Wild is very heavily um, helping Koei Tecmo, the developers of this game, with this one. This it, looks, it looks like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, as in they... The, so much better than that first game. Yeah, so they're talking, they're like said, this is how the graphics need to look like, this is what the story and dialogue needs to be, and this is how... because. It's a war. It's not like Breath of the Wild where you're hunting and foraging and living off the land. This it's is the war. Yeah, this is the war that essentially almost destroyed all Hyrule. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. Their story, you get to play as all four champions. I'm really excited to play as Arbosa. She looks like a total badass. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really, really excited for this. Like, Because when Hyrule Warriors first came out, I was like, okay, that looks cool. I've never been a big Dynasty Warriors fan. And then Age of Calamity pops up. I'm like, what? Yeah, uh, this looks this looks really cool, and it's going to be a nice like interim game before excuse me, yeah. uh, Breath of the Wild two, which is yeah. most likely next year. Yeah, actually, um, I I I know you guys probably saw like the main trailer, the, the the short trailer. There was also a six minute long one with the producer. Yeah, we um, watched. That. Um, oh, you watched that one? Okay, because he did say that. Hey, it's coming. Just please be patient. We're working on yeah. it. I'm like, take all the time you need, because Breath of the Wild was a feat. It was glorious. There's a reason it's one of my favorite games of all time, and just put as much love and polish and care into Breath of the Wild too. I'll be a happy man. But oh, yay, yeah. Hyrule Age of Calamity is going to be a nice little. Uh, it's going to be a nice little thing to hold me over until Breath of the Wild too. A little snack. Yeah. They're, uh, they're Kingdom Heartsing you. <laughs> yeah, well, funny enough, because Kingdom Hearts is coming out in, uh, in a few months. Uh, Melody of Memories, or yeah. is that what's called? I can't remember. Melody of Memories. Now's mom. Now's a good time to bring up that Kingdom Hearts news. You saw what Numero said, yeah? No, I didn't actually. Next main game in 2022 for the 20th anniversary. What? Hey guys, um, it, game big budget games take longer than two years to make, so don't expect anything big. I know, much okay. like Spider Man. Like every, everyone's like, yeah, okay, no more. And he's like, oh, well, it's the 20th anniversary. We want it's gonna be like a mobile out. game or something. Like, no, he said he wants to be the main thing. Like, he wants Kingdom Hearts four in 2022. I don't think it'll be called four. It'll be like some colon. It'll shit. be some colon thing. Next main title. Bullshit. It's probably yeah. gonna be another bridge game. Just to no, like look, look, Ben. It's not gonna come out in 2022. No, it's not. Not yeah. even close. What Nomura is saying is that he wants to do it for the 20th anniversary because Nomura is all about big ambitions and smaller deliveries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, a diehard Kingdom Hearts fan, you're absolutely right. And of course, I'm probably gonna get that uh, melody game when it comes out. So. Hey, hey, I'll definitely get that game at some point. Oh, no. well, the music is great. The mu I have the no problem with a rhythm game for Kingdom Hearts. That's incredible. I, Persona does it all the time. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And of course there's going to be more story to it. So we're going to get Kyrie more Kyrie, which yay. Mm-hmm. Give that woman right. some kick-ass moments, please. She deserves it. Right, so Ubisoft had a thing this week. What's it called again? Ubisoft Forward. Ubisoft Forward. Thank you. Um, where they announced a bunch of cool stuff. Um, the first thing they announced, uh, the first thing I have here is Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time remake. Yeah, uh, I'm probably gonna buy this game. Have you guys ever played this first, the original one? I never. I played, had. It, at the, I played it at the youth center on the PlayStation Two. At the what center? The youth, the youth center. center. Oh, youth center. Oh, cool. Okay, so you 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 experience it. It's a yeah. platformer with with the time mechanics. No, I knew of it, and I was also I knew of of Sands of Time and a whole bunch of other Prince of Persia games that they came that came out on the PS2 back in the day, and also the old arcade ones that which were really hard, or not the arcade ones, the 16-bit ones that are really hard. The OG one. I, no, I wanted to get into it, but I just never got a copy of it. Now we're getting a remake, and I'm like, I got no excuse I, now. I will say, um. Considering all of the remakes we've gotten, like Shadow of the Colossus and Crash and all these games, this looks like a PS3 game. And yeah. and like the gameplay looks like that old gameplay. It still looks like it's going to be a fun time. But like mm-hmm. what I come to expect from modern remakes is like, make it look modern. Mm-hmm. And like just a really yeah, small it looks, studio. It looks more like what would appropriately be called a remaster, but it isn't. Yeah. They, they yeah. made a lot of the game. It definitely looks. So it is yeah. a remake. And I'm like, but it should look better. It looks better than the PS2 version, but it definitely doesn't look like a PS4 version. Because like, if you're only trying to appeal to the crowds that like that original game, just do a remaster. Exactly. But if you're mm-hmm. trying to draw on a new audience, you got to make it look better um, than that. They yeah. do have a lot of the original voice cast coming back. They did recast the the, the princess. Um, I don't remember that game um, very much. So like, I... A new cast or the same cast is cool, whatever. Um, if it's as long as it's not sixty bucks, uh, that's cool. I hope it's not sixty bucks because it doesn't look like a sixty dollars game. Do we know how much Tony Hawk One and Two is? Because I haven't gotten that game yet. I've been really wanting to get it. Yo, dude, that game is probably sixty dollars, but that game apparently is like the greatest thing ever made. I've heard nothing but like insanely good things about that game. Okay, I can live with that. Like, it not only does stuff from one and two, but incorporates gameplay mechanics from all of the other games to make it like the most real ass, best Tony Hawk experience ever made. Like, I've, it, like, huh. yeah, I, I'm thinking yeah. about picking Next it up. Next 40 bucks. Yeah, baby, get that game. And you know which, and, uh, which historian, um, uh, I do see you, chat. She said, looking better is such a big seller for me. I also agree, even though I'm a total show, I got Super Mario 3D All Stars pre ordered. Hey, man. Those games are so fun. I just don't want to say they that. are. They are. Oh, speak really quick anecdote. Um, I saw a headline from Eurogamer. Apparently, stores across the nation are um stopping pre-orders of 3D All Stars due to a shortage from Nintendo. Yeah. So Nintendo might be uh might be up to their old tricks again, but we don't know. I mean, I got my pre-order set and done, so hopefully I'm safe, but we don't know. I know. So probably uh, the biggest uh, and which historian, if you didn't notice, corrected you and it, that called him he. He. Wait, wait, you, what said, did I you said she. Oh shoot! Sorry, my bad. All right, Scott Pilgrim <laughs> versus the world. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. The game is coming back to your consoles. Oh, you mean one of the greatest games ever made? Yeah. Has it, has it, has you mean probably the best video game adaptation of any literary work ever? Um. Challenge me. A tale of <laughs> Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone for PlayStation 1. Challenge me. No. Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone no. for PlayStation no. 1. No. no. Bullshit. That game is great. Did you guys ever play the like Ben? Ben, this is made with so much love and care. Oh, yeah. From the book 
to yeah. the look harry potter is a good game adaptation did did i say it was a good game adaptation of the book no it's a good ad- game adaptation of the movie although i will grant you that the game includes peeves the peeves the poltergeist which the film never did yeah exactly yeah but i'm excited to play uh, scott pilgrim versus the world so freaking bad Have you ever played it before never i never okay. had a chance to Ben, like, so it's, good. like I played it with uh, I played it with Sparks way back in the day. I love it. Uh, it's perfectly like your game. Like it's an old school like side scrolling brawler. Like it's so fun. It's hard as shit, dude. Like I played that uh, by myself, and I was like, I don't know if I'm ever gonna beat this game. Oh, oh man. man, I worked so hard to to buy the thing in the store that makes you immortal. Aladdin. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I, Mag I, asked you about Aladdin. Wait, are you talking cool? about the? Yeah, because are you talking about the Genesis and the SNES? The video game adaptation is in fact of the movie, not oh. like, not the book. Mm. Uh, At least the only ones I'm aware of. Those are still actually good games, and they actually yeah. did re-release yeah. that. Yeah. In the of a book to a game, yeah, which is rare. It is rare. Scott Pilgrim is 100% the best. And that art style, just the art style that's straight from the book too. It looks so gorgeous. Heck yeah, it's so beautiful. I'm so glad they're doing this. There are a lot of rumors. Hopes. It's four player, and it comes with all the DLC, so we can all beat up exes together. Yes. Uh, it's always been four player, but I'm glad that they are keeping it that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I'm very pleased that this is this is coming to the newer consoles because good golly, Miss Molly, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game needed to keep existing. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah. my bad, which is story. I, I actually really do feel bad about that. I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. Um, so what we got so we got a new title for a game that was once called Gods and Monsters, uh, in the form of Immortals Phoenix Rising. That's a bad name. That's a terrible name. It's a great looking game. Yeah, yeah it looks really good. I've been excited about this since they originally announced it as Gods and Monsters. Yeah. Visually, this looks awesome. Ben, I'm all about this visual yeah. style of Greek mythology. Did you uh, watch uh, the gameplay trailers for this at all? Uh, I watched the main trailer for this one. So, just a CG trailer? Yeah, just CG. Okay. How's, how's the gameplay uh, for it? It is. And not a bad thing, the most clone of Breath of the Wild I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, there's a stamina meter, oh. you can climb everything, uh, there's durable weapons, uh, you go to high places to, to fall where you need to go, it's open world, you get your powers from the gods, which are bosses, and there's multiples of them. That's not a bad thing, though, the game looks dope as hell. If you're going to take inspirations, you take it from one of the greatest games ever made, which Breath of the Wild absolutely is. More mm-hmm. games need to take inspirations from Breath of the Wild, and it's sad that they haven't. Uh, this game looks sick. It's perfect parts Zelda with all the Ubisoft. All the games are the same. Um, it has the HUD of Assassin's Creed with like the two things on the side. Um, it looks super fun. All, Greek mythology is very great. colorful, very vibrant. Yes, I got my Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and that's that's uh, fantasy, but much more of like a realistic thing. And this is just straight fun, like just straight fun. Um, it looks awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really agree. Brandon, uh, the Titan Typhon is in it, and I just think it's really great that the design of Destroya from Godzilla is still getting work. Hell yeah. <laughs> you you know me so well. It's got those, the darkness tentacles after. Jesus. Because no, the trailer for um, Immortals Phoenix Rising, it looked like the main character was like switching weapons. Like, uh, Now, I want to know, now real quickly, I want to know, is this in fact going to be a sequel to The Immortals with Henry Cavill? No, it's a sequel to the 1998 drama called Gods and Monsters. <laughs> uh I think that's why they changed the name because with Ian McKellen and and uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I don't know why those. So, I don't know why you need to change the name, but I think this name's really. Yeah, I hate the name. The game looks great though, because when I was watching the trailer, I was like, oh, so you get to like, you go from an axe to a sword. You have wings. It's like, wow, that actually looks pretty neat. 
I like the idea. I really like the idea that the narration is coming from Zeus and uh, Prometheus chatting. Um, also, it's it's a create a character, so that redheaded uh, character is not what the character looks like. You create. Oh, cool! It's like it's, it, it's actually really robust. You can, can be like green and like be whatever and... gender design you want. Yeah, um, Hell, be whatever you want. Yeah. Hell yeah! Character creation. Right. Who are you? Or mythology. Vibrant, vibrant skin colors. Yeah. All right, Riders Republic. Hey guys, how do you feel about extreme sports? So <laughs> there is a how do you feel about Paul guys. Hey. <laughs> hey. So, fun fact, I used to be a huge fan of extreme sport video games back in the day. I used to be a fan I, of all extreme sports. This virtual high five. Yeah, this game actually looks pretty fun. I mean, I, I saw the gameplay trailer, I saw the cinematic trailer for it. And it looks red. I love how that you go to different national parks and you ride all throughout. Like Bryce Canyon looks gorgeous. Mammoth Mountain looks beautiful. Yosemite looks beautiful. It all looks gorgeous. And it looks really fun. It's like, just go and do you. Have fun. As long as you ride, you're awesome. So Ubisoft makes tons of um, uh, types of extreme sports games. Like they had a game called Steep, which is all about snowboarding. And they've done like SSX Tricky and like, you know, they do racing games and all that shit. But like this one is just like, what if we just put all the sports into this one big multiplayer game where you can just do all the things at once with all your friends? And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Uh, I'll, I like a, a good sports game every once in a while. Every once in a while. It's been a couple of years. So I think this, this one might be it because it, it looks like it's mm-hmm. a mix of all the things instead of just one. Yeah, you got Let's, skiing, snowboarding, mountain biking, jetpacks, T Rex yeah. costumes. Yeah, and also just all the silly costumes you'd expect. Yeah. Like, I, I remember watching the bike ride, the massive bike ride race, and there was a dude in a giant giraffe costume. I was like, I would be that guy. Oh, so yeah. apparently, after Toys R Us closed, Jeffrey took up extreme sports. Um, yeah, uh, Ubisoft like all their games are always like super colorful and 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 have personality. Uh, like all the press conferences are like that. So um, mm-hmm. I hope this game ends up being good because i i would like to to play it i would like to do some cool mountain biking yeah uh okay far cry vr not what i expected nope not me either i was expecting like a playstation vr thing but not a thing like you go to the void for yes um so it's definitely like it's an on rails like hour-long experience 30 minute experience i don't know um of course, they're using Far Cry 3, which, again, is the most famous one uh, that everyone loves to go back to. Uh, that main, that bad guy, Voss, is, like, one of the video games' greatest antagonists. He's dope as hell, uh, which is, again, why they're using him so much. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go to a VR center anytime soon. And as sure as shit, would rather do Avengers or Star Wars than Far Cry. I think it's weird that Far Cry is the one that they chose because it's... They didn't even choose the old Far Cry where you have, like, superpowers. It's, like, the one where you're just trapped on an island. Um, Does anyone so know I, where um, that facility is located in? No, there's a vo- there's a void facility in uh, Glendale, and there's a void facility, obviously on. It's not the void. It's not the void. It's the void. That's right. not. It's, it's a different company altogether. Yeah, like zero latency or something. Like it's a different VR company. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. It will. We'll, maybe. Yeah. yeah. If I if I have the opportunity, it looks better than that Terminator one that came out a couple of years ago. <laughs> Um, Agos, a game of space VR. Oh yeah, this is the 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 mining simulator one. Where you're like, this in space one is also VR. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Hey man, VR is cool. Uh, it's not on the PlayStation VR, so I probably won't play it. But uh, this is a game where you're you're uh 
you're the last colony leaving Earth to go inhabit a new planet, and you just got to make your way, and you got to avoid asteroids, and you got to, like, be a cool spaceman, and you're a space visor, and, like, use drones to destroy uh, things in your way. Um, I, this looks like a, a hella cool game that I would play if I had a cool VR rig. Right. No VR rig. Feels like something I'd see in the tech museum these days. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Mm, tech. I've been there. All right. Uh, Monster Prom 2. Anybody? I couldn't find any trailer. Didn't even know what because this, this was. game has been out for over a year. It's weird. It was on the list. That's weird. But, did, yeah. did you get it from like uh like a website that had all the games listed or? Yeah. Okay, because I watched it. I watched the press conference and I don't remember saying anything about it. Maybe it was an accident. What about Ghost yeah. Recon uh, Breakpoint? That's not. That's one we don't need to talk about. That's that is a, a DLC to a three year old game. Uh, the Crew Two. That's another one we don't need to talk about. Then More we're deep. done. Yep. Then we're done. All right. Um, so guys, we're all excited for King and Black, I'm assuming. Not New at Donny, all. Donny Cates, Ryan Stegman, uh, Venom event. Well, we got some news on some of the new tie-ins for the King and Black. Um, we're going to see King and Black Namor be a five-issue miniseries with Kurt Busiek writing, Ben Dewey, and Jonas uh, Scharf. On art, Spider Woman number seven with its creative team and Black Cat number one launching with King and Black, Jed McKay and CF Via. That book is getting relaunched into an ongoing because apparently it was one critically acclaimed and sold enough when they didn't expect it to. So I think that's hella cool. Good for yeah. you, Black Cat. Good for you. Um, <laughs> as well as King and Black Immortal Hulk is coming, and I just wanted to read the description for this one because I think this sounds really cool. Um, this is written by the Immortal Hulk writer of Al Ewing with art by Aaron Cooter. Uh, it reads, the Hulk is in a bad place. Half mm -hmm. of his alter egos are dead or missing, including Bruce Banner. And the leaders got the rest of him on the ropes. But never let it, let be said that Joe Fixit doesn't know how to have a good time. And he's out to make sure this is the best holiday the Hulk's ever had. He just has to fight his way through a planet of symbiotes first. Sounds good to me. But probably the one that we we're all, I'll say excited, is King and Black, Iron Man, Doctor Doom number one, with the Iron Man and Doctor Doom uh, writer of Christopher Cantwell, with art by Salvador LaRocca. Who is the artist on the Doctor Doom book he's on? Yep. Well, I'll just read it. Iron Man has risked everything to save Eddie Brock, but now he's left with nothing but guilt. As longtime frenemy Dr. Doom shows up with both counseling words and ulterior motives, they'll be forced to battle an all-too-familiar specter of the holiday season, albeit one now twisted and controlled by the recent invasion of Earth by the symbiote homeworld. As Iron Man and, Do and Doom fight as temporary allies, their unexpected encounter both with each other and a horrifying invasion of Yuletide joy may ultimately reveal to them the true meaning of nullness. <laughs> Don't forget, Santa Claus is also a mutant. Yes. <laughs> so this book uh, is incredible. I'm going to buy every variant cover possible. It's Iron Man and Doctor Doom fighting evil Santa Claus. Just, mm -hmm. just give it to me. I'm. Are you kidding me? This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I love it. You know, <laughs> yeah, right? I feel like you guys told me that in the Marvel Universe, Santa Claus was a mutant. I feel like you told me that before. I don't know why it's, I'm like, hey, man, it's, uh, Chris Claremont in like 70s and 80s. She's like, why not? Santa Claus, mutant. Why, Why not? not? Why not? Um, yeah, I think this sounds really cool. Uh, 
you, you put Santa Claus in something like this. That's exciting. Santa Claus symbiote. Like the yeah. reindeer are going to be symbiotic. Like, are you kidding me? Do you, they're going to be fighting it's, evil reindeer? It's crazy God. because because of the Empire's postponement due to the coronavirus. Uh, it was already crazy to have like two alien invasion story events yeah, in one year. It's true. But now to have them like only two months apart. That poor universe that can't catch a break. <laughs> It's like we just beat the plant people. Now it's the poop people. <laughs> um, speaking of mutants, we've we've heard about Children of Adam, Vita Ayala, and Bernard Chang's new X Men book. We finally have a new release date of January. It's a red issue, guys. That means you got to pick it up. Yep, it's important. It's a red issue. Thank goodness. I'm just. Uh, this I'm was delayed. Kidding. This was this was initially supposed to come out before uh we all locked down and now it's coming out in january after ten of swords yep uh when it was supposed to be before uh i'm just i'm just so glad that they decided not to cancel the book because like uh, january is like almost a year after that book was supposed to be coming out mm -hmm. um, so the fact that that they believe in it and they still want to put it out and it's still called they're still calling it a red issue like they want you to pick it up uh and for those not reading red issues uh in the x-men checklist mean they're super important to the story so uh, whatever these new, this new team of X-Men, the new New Mutants, um, we'll find out what they're about. Hella excited. Yeah. Another X-Men book to read. Yeah. Um, All right. Guys, do you like RoboCop? I love RoboCop. Yeah. RoboCop's pretty it. cool. I'll be honest with you. I haven't revisited that movie in a long time, so I, I can't say love. But I promise I, you. I, I enjoyed it. Robocop is just as good as Starship Troopers, and I hope you've watched that recently. Mm. They're both satirical masterpieces. Mm. Yeah, the, the one with Michael Keaton and Samuel L. Jackson was pretty good. Yeah, Sorry. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're doing. <laughs> right. Anyway, so um, a prequel series uh, based in the universe of the original Robocop is coming, being centered around Dick Jones, the corrupt OCP executive in the, in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm very familiar with Dick Jones. He's great. Um, um, what's his name? Um, the the detective from Twin Peaks who passed away, Manuel Ferreira. He's 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 in that movie. Uh, um, he he could have been in this or something. Um, mm -hmm. Is there more to that, or is that is that the synopsis? So so what, so it goes. It, we don't really know what what that's about. That is being developed by Edward uh, Numier, um, who he uh he is the writer, the co-writer of the original movie, and he is the co-writer of RoboCop Returns coming someday. Mm -hmm. um so he's helping uh, develop this show um but he had a quote that i that i i only quoted this one thing because i liked it a lot it has all the cool stuff about robocop except no robocop now now normally you'd read a quote like that and like wow that sounds stupid but the world of robocop is so interesting and so fun because it is this futuristic like police authoritarian uh satire so I, of all the types of shows that like, like it's a prequel without the main character, this is one I am, I would be interested in because it'd be like, it'd be like a satirical futuristic madman. Uh, and that, that is really interesting. And like these, and Dick Jones, like all these corporate assholes who, who do everything they can to keep in power and like get involved with the police. And like, it's, I see the story there, especially if they have the original guy who wrote the, 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 the movie. Um, that makes me kind of excited. If he's the one behind this, then he believes in, in his own world enough. Um, but also, who knows? Uh, I think it'd be good. Yeah. I I hope that they bring a whole lot of 
really good forethought to how they handle this because yeah this has never been a more important issue to have in a show for real like oh my god police authority oh god authority guys Uh, robocop is like the most important movie maybe right now in america like no joke that movie's all about uh it's all about the shit we're going through right now it's horrible yeah so i i hope that they just really think carefully about how they execute this and again with the original guy being involved like he was he was thinking this back in the 80s already so like now with 30 years of uh, or 40 years of uh of of ex- old life experience i could imagine this being super dark and satirical um let's just hope a studio will allow it to happen because like hey let's make robocop without robocop sounds really weird <laughs> yeah all right anything we good yeah um so this happened a couple months ago, apparently, but we're just finding out about it now. Uh, Venture Brothers has been canceled. Yeah, yeah. While while in production of its eighth season, I understand. Right. Wow. Didn't it? It wasn't. Can, it, it didn't get canceled before, did it? It's because like didn't it have I mean, like a, has the show ever been yeah. canceled before? I think it was on a cancel block, but because I remember like, it having like a long break before it came back, right? It has long breaks all the time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The last like four seasons have had two years between okay yeah seasons. it's not consistent like most shows are. no okay, yeah it's yeah. it's um, interesting because i kind of it's taken 17 years to put out seven seasons yes that's what i mean because i remember watching that show when i was uh, very young um yeah. it's just crazy to think like i didn't know that show kind of wasn't already canceled because i don't keep up with it yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh no the last season was really solid um there someone put out a, a piece where they were talking about canceling Avengers venture brothers right now is like stopping the MCU before Endgame, And I, I, I'd agree with that. I think there's a lot of things that they've put in the character development of, of the main cast and the B cast throughout the seasons of the show and to end it here. Yeah. So many unanswered stories to end it here is rough. Uh, it, it, you know, like it's not a show where I think at a certain point, no one who was watching the show was ever concerned about not getting closure because the show was so quality and they're like they're just gonna let them tell the whole story whatever they want to do they'll stop it when they decide they want to stop it it. is so weird that they've been on this road for so long and like they cancel it now after everything they've already gone through it's kind of i guess i guess it's pandemic maybe it's it's they did did blame the pandemic in part i i suppose i think that maybe it was an excuse to get i think this is still partially related to like higher ups of AT&T making choices or maybe even Adult Swim itself making preliminary choices so AT&T doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, either way... So Adult it, Swim... So interestingly, you say that. Adult Swim tweeted recently, um, we also want more Venture Brothers and have been working with Jackson and Doc to find another way to continue the Venture Brothers story. Yeah. So it definitely doesn't sound like it was Adult Swim. Well, that... that yeah, so it's 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 definitely feels like something where it's a response to a lot of like other things we've heard about, like Warner brothers, DC, uh, you know, this is all the same cutting, company, cutting the cord, cutting, yeah. cutting costs and everything. Costs um, and and this hasn't, this has happened to another show on adult swim. Uh, people who are fans of it, Metalocalypse famously was kneecapped at, at knowing it was going into its end game. Um, what happened is that the show had run for its seasons, then it did a film and then there was going to be a limited series to end the story of Metalocalypse, and the fans have been refused that. Adult Swim has refused to and also, I make mean, it. And they won't. And the thing is, the crappy thing is that the creator of Metalocalypse wants to make it on his own, yeah. and Adult Swim won't let him mm-hmm. uh, because they own the rights, and they won't let him. Uh, and that's been shitty for the fans. Yeah. Um, so Venture Brothers is sitting in a similar nexus right now where like the fa- a lot of people are just like, we need, we need more of this story uh it's in a place where we really need more you can't just stop here this is terrible 
for, yeah. for a show that's very beloved, mm-hmm. has had a loyal audience. Um, it's it's a little bizarre. HBO um, HBO Max is said to be looking into keeping it going, also. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if it gets picked up because like this, it has been going for so long and it is critically loved. Like all of I it. see. So I like I'd say like I wouldn't be shocked if it gets picked up either. But I also wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't because of how long I've watched that Metalocalypse campaign be beaten down yeah. and not gotten anywhere. Um, it's hard to believe that, oh, Venture Brothers can be saved, though. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's just kind of par for the course. All right. Not to mention the amount of other shows we've seen get the axe prematurely at Cartoon Network uh, and Adult Swim as well. To name a few would be like uh, OKKO, which mm. I've talked about before, prematurely canceled. Um, even Steven Universe, we later found out was was uh, its fifth season was rushed to its finale, and then they decide to let them make the movie, and then they decide to give them a limited series to tell more story. But there was meant to be more of that original series, and they were mm. they were cut short as well. Mm. Uh, Titans of Fantastic. Pool. Oh man, Thank yeah, yeah, you. yeah, good job. Wonderful Tartakovsky series uh, killed way too soon. Got that so, prime season too. All right, so we also got um, confirmation that Nev Campbell is going to be returning as Sidney Prescott in the new Scream movie. I thought this was old news. Uh, you know, they confirmed David Arquette, and then they confirmed Courtney Cox, and so I felt like this was kind of inevitable, uh, because how do you do the two and not bring back the third? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't know how I feel about Force it. Force Awakens. Sure. Get um, them all back. Marley Shelton is also returning uh, from uh, reprising their role from yeah. Scream 4. That's really cool. Which one is she? Which one she's she? the blonde lady cop who's a fan of her. They went oh, to school together. Okay. Um, and she was in. People are hoping that uh, more characters will get the chance to return as well from from what was established in Scream Four. Those that survived. Yeah. Um. The whole point with Lovecraft Country. I think about it, it's 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 sticking around. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I my only thing is that I. I don't want them to kill Sydney because I feel like it's she's been able to go through too much to be killed at this point. Scream four kind of really rode that light. Like if you were going to kill her, it was in four. Yeah. It had mm-hmm. to happen at four. And now we've missed that boat. So if she can't be killed, I don't really want this to be a movie about isn't, how Sydney can't be killed. Isn't this the ready or not people, right? <clears throat> Is that the team behind this? Yes, I believe okay. so. I, believe uh, so. I, I want to believe because that movie's dope. So I want to believe. Dope that they have enough like love for the franchise to know not to do that. Right. Yeah. And this, you, you'd this, hope so. this is the kind of thing where like, uh, what I hope, what we don't know is we know that they're returning. I'd really like to believe that they are returning in a force awakens kind of capacity. Yeah. I don't want them to be the main characters mm-hmm. this time. I do want them to be kind of like people on the sidelines. I want a whole new main cast of characters who are actually truly a main cast of characters, not like scream Four kind of splitting the difference. Yeah. True. Um, they also rounded out the cast with Dylan Minnette, Mason Gooding and Mickey Madison. Yeah. So they're, no they're gonna do it. They're gonna scream. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm stoked. I'm cautiously optimistic. It's, it is that cool. It, like it can't be. Yeah. Every time we get like a new like a remake or a reboot or a sequel like years later, I'm like, oh, but what if and that's not good? <laughs> I, I think back I think back to like just like a year or two after Scream 3 ended and how long uh, people wanted a fourth one. Yeah. And it reached a point where everyone was convinced it'll never happen. And then it did. And that was stunning. And I can't believe we're getting a fifth. And yeah. But it also still feels weird because Wes isn't involved. That's yeah. And that's the other end of it. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Got to pass that torch. 
one of the things that we talked about before is how excited we were for Time Lord Victorious, the new uh, kind of BBC initiative. Going on right now. Uh, going on right now. Um, In the UK, they have an escape room. That's so cool. Oh, that. yeah, that's dope as hell. Um, well, we just found out that uh, the, another part of Time Lord Victorious will be a, uh, a YouTube animated series based on the Daleks, uh, the Doctor's main adversary. Um Reads a 10-episode animated series on, on for free on the BBC YouTube channel. Uh, the Dalek Empire comes up against a terrible force. The Daleks' plundering of the archive of Islas unearths something ancient and deadly. Soon, Skaro is under attack, and the Dalek Emperor is on the run. Can the Daleks defeat their, their adversaries and regain their planet, even with help from an old enemy? I'm assuming a doctor. Um, will this be the end of the Daleks? No, it won't. Spoilers. They've lasted this long. They're not going away. Yet. Spoilers. They were completely eradicated and restored <laughs> a few years later. Like, it'll never happen. Uh, yeah. Um, so, cool. I, I'm excited for Time Lord Victoria still. I have yet to read some of it, but I've got the comic coming. Yeah, I have yet to, to dive in, but I will be. Uh, there's a lot of time because they've announced titles all the way up to January and there's still more unannounced things to come. Mm -hmm. So it's going to, it's going to be a big, big event thing. Yeah. Cool, cool. Speaking of big event things, uh, Wonder Woman 84 has been pushed back again. The original, the original date of October 2nd, now December 25th. Um, hey guys, you know what else comes out in, in December? That's a Warner Brothers property. Dude. Dude. Oh yeah. Guess what's getting pushed to next year? Dude. 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 <laughs> uh I I'd even argue, do you guys really think Wonder Woman 84 doesn't get pushed into next year? It might <laughs> I'm I'm sure certain. I'm I'm on the bed. You're, cer you're certain it doesn't or certain it does? I'm certain it does. Oh yeah, me too. I think yeah, after, I'm after shocked if it keeps its December date, but if after it gets pushed back again, I'm like, all right. Tenet didn't do well. Mm -hmm. Uh not not well enough. For it actually did really well, not in America, but in, in America because no, there's no there's not enough theaters open and made no one can see. Yeah, it's all it made twenty million dollars, and that is an expensive movie, you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that was like, oh shit, Wonder Woman is also an expensive movie. Push, and they're just gonna keep pushing it. it no yeah. big movies. Guess what? You have like five more months to read Dune. Like us. I, I really want to go back to movie theaters. I, I do. do too. I want to go see movies. I also want to feel comfortable. Yes. And the thing is, we can't just pretend that everything's better because it isn't. Yeah. Like, even though we keep slowly opening things up, we're we're not better because a whole bunch of people, all the same people who didn't take it seriously have still not been taking it seriously the whole time. It's true. So our risk levels have been constant. We're about to open up again. Oh, Ooh. man. Like, for real open up? Uh, like, like half capacity, but yeah. Because money is important, y'all. Yeah. Candyman was also pushed uh, from its October 16th date. Sent back to schools next week. That's in our area. That's yeah. insane. Do I have to move my car now? I don't know if it's Chino yet, but I'll okay. check. So Candyman's original date was October 16th and has now been moved to sometime in 2021. That's scary. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad uh, Nia DaCosta put out a Twitter post about it, like this is uh, I thought it was really lovely. She says that this film is meant for the community to experience together. Mm -hmm. Just the general, like the whole community is meant to encounter this as a group. 
Um, and I really would prefer that they they push that and go for that. Yeah. I don't want Candyman to get the same uh, treatment Antebellum is. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I like again. Although like, apparently I, Antebellum isn't good. Oh no. Uh, I regardless That's why it's of on that. VOD. Regardless of that. Um, I don't. I did not. Candyman's a high profile, very important black lead horror film. Mm -hmm. I do not want it to be pushed to VOD when other things aren't. Yeah. Um, it seems like sure. the studio knows it has a hit too, because it's like, yo, we don't mind pushing it. I've seen yeah. I've seen this stuff about Antebellum, and I still want to watch it anyway and yeah. make my own choice. Because I just want to know I'm what not, it is. Because I don't I don't entirely trust every review I read. Hmm. Um, okay, The Walking Dead had some pretty important news this week. Did they? I don't know. What? It's ending. What? The, the series is going to come to an end after season eleven. Uh, season 11 will be a, a huge 24-episode season, wow. the longest season, uh, and will be split between 2021 and 2022. Mm. Mm. Um, but, it is, but it is not the end of The Walking Dead for a... a I, I call it the Daryl and Carol show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, wow. is, is coming. AMC has greenlit a spinoff series focused on fan-favorite characters Daryl Dixon and Carol Pelletier. I didn't. I never knew her last name. Wow, there we go. Uh, it's going to come out in 2023, and will be overseen by The Walking Dead showrunner Angela Kang. Uh, it is co-created by Kang and her and and the executive producer Scott Gimple. Scott's been there from the beginning. Um, that's cool. Um, man, I wonder how much money they're giving those two guys because 11 seasons on a show and yeah. then a spinoff show, like. They're, they've been on that they're going to be on that show for 15 years that's like supernatural like that's insane i mean for for the actor who played carol she's been there since episode like one isn't she and yeah, that was yeah that was her big like yeah. she wasn't even like on the actor's path when she was in that that's show. not she true because like, i just watched the mist and she's in the mist in yeah, 2007, yeah yeah which is four years but i mean that. like like she, she wasn't like blowing up no and then it's, of course it's, the walking dead is her show but the thing is her, she's right in that spot where you become that character and it's almost impossible for other people to cast you as anything else. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I understand, like, kind of being like, well, I'm just, I'm this character until I'm not this character, I guess. Because yeah. uh, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else. Right. Like, ever. Besides another Frank Darabont joint. Nor Norman Reedus could kind of get away with something else, but I think he's also... He's got Death, Death Stranding. He's fine. But he's also tightly into that that similar hole. Well, I mean, uh, The Walking Dead also... Like, he he was... I mean, he was in the Boondock Saints, and he was an actor for 10 years before The Walking Dead. For sure. But The Walking Dead is what made him Hollywood's dirty boy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because he doesn't shower. Uh, I, we also still have those Rick Grimes movies coming, I guess. Yep. Oh, my God. Those are definitely still happening. Yep. I forgot about that. We also have Tales of the Walking Dead, which is yep. going to be an anthology series set in the Walking Dead universe. Is yep. that another TV show? Yep. Yep. I mean, this new one looks good, but like... Oh, World man. Beyond is my... I'm really... The most I've ever been excited for a Walking Dead. But then I, I also got a little sad because we were watching... Uh, we'll talk about it later, the World Beyond uh, thing. And, uh, <laughs> and I sat there and I went, you know, we're going to see Rick Grimes' daughter like older show up in this show it's gonna happen it's gonna be a young lady so they're gonna my find name, some bullshit her reason what's her, what's for her to name? show up jilly jilly bean judy? my name's judy my name's we don't talk about judy that's i don't a, know that's a twin peaks reference anyway right. Right. hey it's me i'm that girl from that show i got <laughs> like my dad yeah. <laughs> all right but we'll talk about it now world beyond had a, tra had a new trailer this week and it looks really good 
It does. Uh, I was sold on the last one. This one didn't really do anything new to sell me. I, I'm, I almost prefer not seeing any more, to be mm. honest. It showed me more of what I hoped the show was. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I, I, at this point, I just want to discover it for myself. I'm stoked about that. That concept is fantastic. I'm really excited for it. Like the new generation, um, yeah. Which gives me hope for all the rest of this Walking Dead stuff. But I don't know. I haven't watched The Walking Dead in years. Same. Yeah. But yeah, this new one, like, it looks like um, they got, like, there's color. There's, like, just, like, it doesn't just look like another Walking Dead show. Like, what was, what's the Fear of the Walking Dead? Yeah. That, I watched, like, three episodes of that show, and I'm like, oh, this is more of that, I guess. Okay. Like that That is The Walking Dead. Are they showing episodes? Locations. Are they yeah. showing episodes of season 11 now? I thought they were on season 10 still. Oh, I have no idea. I'm walking. No, I think out. they're. I think they're on ten at this no. moment. Yeah, I don't know. That was a that comment was a while ago. Sorry, I'm so, I. It's so tough to t- take care of. Oh, no, I get. It. I don't know what that's a, necessarily exactly about. So yeah. sorry. Um. Okay. Monsterland also had a trailer. This is the Caitlin Dever. Um. Um. Uh, what's her name? Jesus, Kelly Marie Tran. Uh, anthology show. Yeah, man. Um, it's based off a novel about American lake monsters. So like uh, uh, I guess this trailer definitely shows more that it is an anthology, but like I think it looks awesome, yeah. like different types of 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 uh, uh, American uh, water monsters. Yeah, like, this, probably, oh, this, this this show looks freaking creepy. Mm-hmm. All water based. It's yeah. a water Pokemon. Because Sword uh, Warbler was a mermaid. No, they, it's mermaids. It's sirens. It's all oh, types great. of water folklore. Yeah. Oh great! I think, Kelly, I think Kelly Marie Tran is the vampire. Maybe. Ooh. Uh, looks good. I'm so I'm super stoked. Yeah, we are getting to the time of spookies. Bring on the spooks. Does anybody remember what uh, Adam Sandler said when he said that if he doesn't get nominated for an Oscar for Uncut Gems, he's gonna make the worst movie ever? I sure do. He did win an Independent Spirit Award uh, for Uncut Gems, and I made you watch the speech for it. Uh, so this looks like half a bad movie. <laughs> uh, Hubie Halloween. Is it coming to Netflix? Hubie. Oh, I thought it was Hubby. Oops. Ew. Hubie. Yeah, it's Hubie. Okay. Hey, man. All right. <laughs> oh, man. It, look, I'm not immediately against it. Not imme- It doesn't look as offensive as half of the other movies he's put out in the last couple of years. I'll say that. Right. There were some good, good jokes, but then I'm like, well, it also has us all your friends in it again, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of over those movies, but uh, also there's a lot of Saturday Night Live people in it, and they yeah. look funny. Right. So yeah. it's half of a movie. And you talk to them in it, you so that's enough yeah for me. that's true yeah i got i saw keen thompson i'm like hey keen thompson's there that's awesome i'm yeah. i'm nothing if not a halloween show oh no dude i'm with you i i did i really like two solid jokes in this which is the one where the thermos it's the third well that the thermos where he throws it and he brings it back oh my god that's stupid yeah um but that's good uh and uh uh the other one is when he comes into the office the third time past key thompson and he says i heard a voice in the sewer and he's like i'm sorry i, d- I didn't recognize him yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if he just would have made this a secret Waterboy sequel and that's just bobby boucher i would have loved it because he he kind of sounds a little bit like bobby boucher with the mustache yeah, and i'm sure. like oh he's good he's back character stuff i hope it's good yeah uh i i we'll see um i'm yeah. i talked to friend of the show matt about it and, is he uh, an Adam Sandler stand? Yeah, awesome. and uh, and we were just talking about it, and I was like, "There's something kind of comfortingly nostalgic about it uh, that I just really appreciate in this year of our yeah crisis 2020." Um, <laughs> like this, this could have came out in like 1999. Like, yeah, yeah. and Wait, then it's a real crisis situation. The skies are red. Mm. Mm. And uh, 
and that uh just like seeing that and it being related to halloween i'm like you know i'm more here for it than i'm not just just make me feel nice and i i'm not gonna mind how maybe yeah. not good you are as long as it's not like super offensive yeah yeah then just make me feel okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the comeback trail. I saw this. I saw this one looking through some of the trailers, and I thought this was pretty interesting. Oh, you mean I'm the producer? Glad. Yeah, the pr- the producers, the movie. Yeah. Uh, this is like almost like even the character B for B looks like the producers. Like you got you got the Nazi analog, you got like the the lady analog. You Zach got the... Braff is Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Robert De Niro is Nathan. Lane. Yeah, like I'm like wow, this is so the producers, and but not like in a bad yeah. way. This is also a remake of an old '80s movie. So like uh, there's precedent to to do the producers then back then too i guess right, um, when i first watched this trailer i didn't make the producers connection and now that you mentioned it, i was like oh shit it is the producer oh, so like it's like we're gonna make a fake movie whoops it, it looks like it might be a good movie like well like, they, he can't die yeah, yeah. uh he's got nine tommy lee, jo- tommy lee jones just won't die yeah i love i i do love just simply you selling me on an idea of Robert De Niro is trying to kill Tommy Lee Jones in a movie so he can pay back Morgan Freeman. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, after I was done watching this trailer, I was really excited for it. I was like, man, I really want to see this movie. This movie looks funny. Robert De Niro never in his life looked more like my father. Uh, <laughs> my, you're so right. I know. That's funny. I never <laughs> met your dad, so I wouldn't know that. But one of the things I was actually going to say that I liked about this is Robert De Niro... I, I'm assuming he's done. Yeah, he's done comedy before. He was in freaking Shark's Tale. But, but he, but the Bad last grandpa. what? Bad grandpa. Oh yeah, he was in that. He a comedy thirty-five years ago. Meet the parents. Can I finish my point, please? <laughs> Shut up and let me talk. Damn. Yes, sir. I yes, was sir. saying the last few films I've heard or seen De Niro in are hardcore dramas, Scorsese films like The Irishman. So I'm yep. like, cool. He's actually letting loose and having fun for 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 once. Awesome. I want to see it. I will say, Ben, to counter that, The Irishman might be the only drama he's done in the last literally like five years. He has done yeah. almost nothing but comedies, like so many comedies. Uh, you could make an argument for Joker, but like he's not really being. He's a talk show Joker. host. He's a he's a he's a comedy guy. Yeah, yeah, that. that's oh, what yeah. I mean. Analyze, yeah, I analyze this. Analyze this. He wants us to 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 review um, the comeback trailer. And Austin, yeah. I just I forgot that De Niro was in the Joker, mm. or was yeah. in Joker. Yeah. He's, also, he's, a, he's pretty good. He's he in a is, movie called is. What just happened, which he plays a movie producer, um, trying to get a Sean Penn movie made, uh, and that's a comedy out about Hollywood movie making too, but way less uh, comedy than this, like more kind of like realistic comedy. Uh, but that's also a good Robbie Robbie D movie, Bobby D. Yeah. Uh, all right, Console Wars. Uh, real quick, did you catch the boldest thing about the trailer? The tagline? No. Oh, well, at yeah. the end of the trailer, come back. Said, come back to theaters November. Oh, VOD. That's bold. V-O-D. Come back to theaters. Come back. Oh, I, I caught it. I caught oh. it. All right. Uh, the Console Wars, a documentary from Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, uh, based on the book that Ben is going to talk about right now. Yeah. I don't know, guys. Years I gotta in the say, making. Just like, who cares? <laughs> I do. It's He's joking, Ben. I also cool. care. This has been like, it, um, uh, does it say on your book that it's being made into something? Because this is in the work like, book on the back of uh, Blake, the author Blake J. Harris's biography. It's saying that, or like little, I don't know what the fuck you call it. I forget. Blurb. Yeah, well, on his little blurb, it's saying that he is um, co-directing it with um, 
with uh, Scott Rudin, Seth Rogen, and Evan Goldberg. And he's also going to be executive producer on the feature film adaptation that's being done by Sony. Oh, so they're still doing that? I thought that was I don't know anymore. Brian and I were actually looking it up beforehand. Yeah. Okay, so I thought Seth Rogen was working on a movie, and it got turned into this. No. So there are two projects. Yeah. Yeah. There are two projects. One's going to be like a biopic style, and then we have this one, which makes me happy because it's a more in-depth look. Like um, Tom Kalinske, the former CEO and president of Sega America, was just on high score, and he was firmly featured on the, the fourth episode, which was all about Sega trying to bring the fight to Nintendo. The only thing that bugs me is that this is on CBS All Access, and I need to beg Brandon for access so I can watch the damn thing. Bag them for access. Uh, yeah. Don't you mean get it yourself? <laughs> a good consumer in our capitalist community ben, where you are being live recorded? It's called a free trial, my guy. Oh, yeah, free trial. I forgot about those. Seven-day free trial? Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited. It's a more in-depth look. Um, I've read the book. I love the book. And it's apparently it's about an hour and a half long, so I'm looking forward to go back into the my favorite era of video games between the fight, the fight between Sega and Nintendo that shaped a uh, console generation. I'm excited for it too. All right. Um, Star Trek discovery season three had a trailer. Uh, you guys are not caught up on Star Trek discovery. So I have um, no idea what's going on. This is the season that takes place 900 years in the future from where they were mm-hmm. um, after the Federation has been destroyed from something called the burn. Um, I'm all caught up on Star Trek discovery. So I wanted to touch on this. I think this looks pretty good. The tone is interesting. Um, it's a lot lighter, and it seems like they are going into a a kind a kind of like progressively better show, uh, something with a more lighter, fun tone. So I'm, gotcha. I'm looking forward to the season. Good. That's really Good. all I wanted to talk about. Um, Wolf Walkers. I thought this would be interesting. This is the Apple TV Plus by the creators of Secret of Nim? Correct. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but it is the same team from the Song in the Sea. Yeah. Yes, I know that. I think they would have mentioned. Uh, the, the, I mean, that same studio made it, but I don't yeah. know if it's the same. Team like creative thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see anything about Secret and M in the in the um in the in the credits. They're saying the, from the team that brought you the song of the sea. I'm like, oh, okay. I like the animation. Yeah, it looks okay. super pretty. Was that Sean Bean in the beginning? Did I hear that right? Maybe I'm a, he he narrates everything, so probably. Yeah. Uh, freaky. From the director of Happy Death Day. This looks really good. It does. Like the hot chick? Because now Vince Vaughn's getting his own The Hot Chick. Yeah, what if yeah. The Hot Chick was a good movie? <laughs> that, that, that's kind of a slasher movie yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hot Chick is pretty horrific, let's be honest. Um, but it's horrific for different reasons. Yes, yes <laughs> because it's really bad and sexist. Um, this looks really fun, and I, I love me a good Vince Vaughn, like when he when he cares. Mm-hmm. Um and just the premise is so silly, and it's like, what if Freaky Friday was also a slasher movie? And I'm like, yeah. that's just original enough for me to like it. Um, yeah. there's, a, there's a bit at the end of the trailer when when the Vince Vaughn in the girl's body was trying to was trying to convince the dude that it was her. And she goes, Booker, yeah, <laughs> Booker, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, like um, Vince Vaughn having to be like a teenage girl, like that's you know that that's that could be fun. That could be fun. That could be yeah. fun. I'm actually really looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when when they are tackling on the football field and then it dissipates away into like the Aztec monument. Yeah, yep. 
whatever. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then it's like from the director of Happy Death Day, and I'm like, oh. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah I was like, what is this going on? Tell, tell me it's in the Happy Death Day universe at the end, and I'll be so happy. God, that main character shows up. <laughs> no, that that no, you don't even need any of the, yeah. main, the main cast from Happy Death Day. Just that same company they go to at the end of Happy Death Day. Oh, yeah, the sci-fi. Okay, yeah. The, the, the shield of yeah. Happy Death Day, yeah. I forgot that is even a thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then the final trailer. We've been, waiting for, we've been waiting for it for a while. Dune. Oh my god, I'm so excited. All right, Danny News Dune. Let me just ask, who cares? That's a good point. Moving on, we're going to talk about some decent <laughs> fandom. It's not like Ron has been weighing this all year long. I said the second I saw that trailer, I'd start reading that book. So I'm going to start reading that book. Also, instead of having three months, we're probably going to have at least six months. So that's some extra time to read this book. Yeah. Hey guys. I, not just because I'm biased, I think this trailer looked sick. No, this trailer does look really sick. freaking good. Sick, you guys. Oh my yeah. god. It's got the visuals, it's got the great song. Uh, they used Pink Floyd because Pink Floyd was going to be the original uh, people who did the music for the first Dune, Yodorowsky's Dune, so they're bringing it full circle. Um, cool. Dude, like, all the acting, or all the all the choices for actors are so good, and the Harkonnens, who are the bad guys, look so scary, and Batista, like, only having seen the movie and the two miniseries on sci-fi. Um, it looks like they are doing all this stuff super well, but also like it's actually going to be a good movie this time, which is, is crazy. Um, Denny Villeneuve is like my favorite modern filmmaker. Like like I posted on Twitter, that dude has made five, five movies and all of them are almost flawless. Like that dude is so good and all of his movies get slept on and underperform. Um, all of them do. And this is his most expensive movie, and I'm so worried, I'll, especially because of the pandemic. So I'll tell you, like, I'm stoked. I thought this looked really cool. I'm pumped. Uh -huh. um, I really enjoy it. I don't know that it's marketing itself well enough. Because yeah. uh, Megan watched it with me. Yeah. And Megan was like, I mean, I want to see it with you, but I don't know what this is about. Yeah. I it's, don't know what's happening. It, and it's, it's something that... He's already stated like like this is a two movie thing he wants to make. So like sure. um it is it is it's so weird. It's like it's like it's like I guess watching a Star Wars trailer for the first time and like wow this is just all new stuff. Like I understand how it could be like overwhelming or confusing, but um as long as you I mean like the 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 thing that I'm saying is like the, yeah. what this trailer this trailer for her she could not grasp what the story was supposed to be. Okay. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like she's just like I it's not the sci-fi elements or anything. It's yeah. not like it's too grandiose. She watches Marvel, she watches Star Wars. She's yeah. like, I don't know what it's about. That's fair. Um, it is this is the first trailer, so it is, I think, more of a tone piece, even though it's three For minutes sure. long, even though it's three minutes long. For sure. Um yeah, it, it but does. because it's so dense, I'm like, I feel like you got to be telling people what this is. Oh yeah, and especially for a film that supposedly is coming out in December. It's not, yeah. You got but it but theoretically yeah. at the moment of releasing this trailer, you gotta tell people what the story is. Also, the problem is it, Dune truly is one of the densest, most like Star Trek verbiage of like, unless you just want your trailer to be like, wow, the Bene Gesserits went to Arrakis to hang out with Duke Leto. For like sure. you, that will throw people, that will make people scared of your movie. If you have yeah. all that techno bullshit. So like, I understand um, again, like Blade Runner 2049 marketing, like how do you market a movie that's so different? Yeah. Um, so I, un I understand uh, like 
this isn't maybe the best representation of what it is, but it is space Game of Thrones. It is what Game of Thrones right. is inspired by. It is it is dueling houses fighting for the most valuable resource yeah. on the on, on in the galaxy, spice. Right. Um. I, and I'm and all I'm saying is like I I am excited. No, I think yeah. it looks great. I thought this was an awesome trailer. Yeah. Uh, I love the elements of it. I am I am concerned for the same reason that you were just saying, which yeah. is like that people sleep on his films, mm -hmm. and I'm like just that being a standard already and then this being dune which yeah. is so dense yeah you've got to tell people what the story is in the trailer yeah uh if it is hard to grasp you've got to make it clear yeah uh this is one where you gotta like you gotta bullet point some stuff to say this movie's about this the only thing in the best way that you can the only thing they can do is really just game of thrones and be like yo these are the dueling houses you know um uh, a plague on both your houses you know yeah. uh, uh Shakespeare shit. Um, I'd almost because like the visuals are, are absolutely selling this movie. I'd almost rather one of those BS situations where like you get a narrator about the trailer, where where like that yeah. narrator doesn't exist in the movie, yeah. but they are telling you what the movie's about in the trailer. That makes sense. So that you're getting the concept of it. That that narrator will never exist in the movie, but they do exist in that trailer. That's that's actually pretty smart. And I think I think this needs it. Uh, your guys' thoughts though? Oh, I mean, I I don't have much more to add than what you guys already said. I think it looks really good. I mean, I'm very in the dark on the story i have no idea of oh, the only things of dune i know of are from like spoofs and parodies and from ryan like mm -hmm. the spot like when he dips his hand and you see the like the glorious sand i'm assuming that's the spice i, I don't know but that was just I, hand i don't know that was just hand. Hand. The sandworm was cool yeah the yeah sandworm, yeah, yeah, sandworm looks interesting that's the godworm oh oh boy but i love i love the designs yeah um, and, and it is so um I really would like you guys to watch uh, uh, the movie, the, the original Dune, just for comparison. Because, like, what? Because one, it's David Lynch, so you are very familiar with sure. his filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. This was his one attempt at making a blockbuster movie, and it's so cosmically bad. Um, it's like, wow, I'm never working with Hollywood ever again, and it makes sense why. But um, Dune is such a property that, like, there's a reason it hasn't been touched in, in over 30 years, and they only tried to make a miniseries on sci-fi because there's so much to it. Like, it's impossible to make one movie. That's why. Uh, this very much feels like a it situation. Um, there's going to be chapter one and chapter two. The book, uh, even though I haven't read it, I do know that like there is some time shit involved where like 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 uh, decades are apart and stuff. So I think that he's he is splitting up in a way that the book isn't how it's written, which would be very interesting. Right. Because um, it would be like like a, the stuff with Arrakis, like the planet of Dune, is in the last half of the book. So the fact that they're showing so much in in this first movie makes me think that they're totally or they're structurally changing the book which we'll find out soon let me read it in a year or whatever which really isn't that um crazy because it did the same thing exactly yeah which yeah. is which is why i brought it up another warner brothers property yeah. um but i don't like you were saying brandon um i don't think this movie is this movie is like a 200 million dollar movie and i i dune is like the like one of the sci-fi things that nobody knows anything about unless you're 70 mm -hmm. years old you know what i mean um so i'm just i'm very curious like i just uh, i just think back to like when the John Carter trailers were coming out and people weren't yeah, like those were pretty simple to understand and people weren't sold enough on that idea. And I'm like, this, yeah, this is hard to know what it is. Yeah. On a, on I, I go back to, uh, I, I, I think it was last week. We talked about it some other time. I go to Godzilla King of the monsters, regardless mm -hmm. of that movie of the quality of the movie, those trailers were sick. Yeah. And those trailers showed you, you are getting a Godzilla fight movie that you've never seen before. And that did not bring audiences in. So like, America has a serious problem with hardcore science fiction. Americans just don't like anything that's too fantasy or too science fiction, unless it's like Lord of the Rings. They unless have to be the, the unless, they're, unless they're eased into it, yes. MCU style. Yeah, um, which is good for them. Like they really made the cosmic ship real. Yeah. Um, but like, 
this is like the make or break for Danny Venom. Like for seriously, like this is the one where like, Danny, if this doesn't work, we're going to stop giving you these epic movies because nobody's watching them because mm -hmm. Blade Runner bombed. And you guys saw that movie. That movie's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I just worry about this movie. I worry about the, the end of a franchise before it even starts. Because right. yeah. man, I would love to see a bunch of these movies. And we're definitely still getting at least one season of that show. Uh, I just hope it's not the start of something cool and then it stops. Because yeah. we can have like the next decade of excellent hardcore sci-fi. Right. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, DC fandom was this week. The second one. <laughs> Uh, are we and, on topic? Yes, we're on a topic. Um, there's nothing but the topic, Ryan. Please. Yes, um, but but it can't be that if you want. No. Um, so DC fandom happened. It was the second week of DC fandom. They told they told us not a lot. It was not a it was not a big like uh, reveal day. Mostly right. just talking about stuff. So uh, we decided to to pair up all the DC news into, into the topic as well as the fandom stuff. Yep. So real quickly, uh, per the request of... Sorry, sorry, real quick. That was kind of the weird thing is that a whole bunch of DC comic-related news came out two days before fandom. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and that was weird. I was like, why are they doing this? Shouldn't this be the thing that we're seeing on Saturday? Yes. Yeah. And a lot of this fandom was recorded. Yeah. Where, where's he going? Bathroom. Okay. I'll be back. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the fandom stuff from this week was recorded back in August. Um, and a lot of the news that came out were from the solicitations that were released this week. But you're right, a lot of stuff. Um, so per the request of Sparks, um, I am going to keep a recurring segment, as well as it, as well as it happens, of the Ray Fisher situation. Um, so this week we got some 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 new developments in Ray Fisher's um, accusations towards Jeff Johns, John Berg, and Joss Whedon over right. uh, uh, stuff on the set of Justice League. Um, this week, Kiersey Clemens, who plays Iris West in the Zack Snyder version of the film, was cut, completely cut from the Joss Whedon version, um, has shared her support, saying, I stand with Ray Fisher. And Jason Momoa, Aquaman himself, has also released a statement saying, I stand with Ray Fisher. Right. Oh, there you go. So, this is uh, this is good. This is uh, important and a big deal because I don't think that this is them doing it for clout. I think this is them. Um, but but I do wonder. I'm glad they're doing it, but I do still sit at this point where I'm like, why why aren't more of our known Justice League cast members uh, stating this with him? Um, mm -hmm. I I do think it's. Like either, I just I can't see the scenario where he's this deep in it publicly, and more people like Ben Affleck or Gal Gadot aren't uh, lending their voice to it and saying you know he has a point or anything, um, mm -hmm. and are kind of leaving him out there in the, in the cold in a sense. Like even with Jason Momoa doing that, I'm like Jason Momoa say more. Yeah. Uh, like if this was happening, if you're aware of anything. Uh, because otherwise, like, specifically, the thing that comes to mind is, like, the Jeff Johns stuff that Ray Fisher has talked about, if they don't really know that and can't speak to it, then cool. I get it. But the Joss Whedon abuse on set, I'm like, some of you have to know something about this. It has to have come up. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wish more of them were speaking to that at this point. Or at least I hope it comes out at some point uh, for them to back him up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really all. That's my only thoughts on that. Thoughts on, nope. thoughts on that? I agree with everything you said that I, when I was in the bathroom. Um, there was a post of 
all the characters cut from Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, unfortunately, coincidentally, they're all people of color. And then all the people added in the new cut were all white people. It was Ryan Choi, yeah, Iris West, and yeah. what was the third one? I don't uh, there's definitely more um, uh, 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 Silas Stone, Vic's dad. Yeah, he has a completely different. He has a death scene, I think, in the original. Well, I just right. assume there's so much, this way more cyborg stuff in general. Yeah, um, yeah. but I decided uh, he his thing at the end is like uh, uh, accountability, accountability over entertainment. I just I appreciate him just continuing mm-hmm. the fight for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so this happened. This was not the fandom stuff that happened earlier this week. Uh, Batman, Catwoman, the Tom King, uh, Clayman, Black Label series, twelve issue maxi series is finally coming. Um, per the press release, it says uh, the series will explore three different eras of time: the past, where Bruce and Selina first met; the present, and eighty years into the potential future. Complicating matters for the two lovers is the ever-present menace of the Joker, as well as Bruce's old flame, Andrea Beaumont, better known as the Ghastly Phantasm. Yo, man. Clayman keeps dropping art, uh, which means, yo, that book's... It's December. It's coming out soon. But, man, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just so ready for this book. I want it. I just want that... I just want that Bat-Cat. I know it's not much, but that that one frame of art of the Phantasm's eyes gets me so freaking hyped. It looks so rad. Yeah, uh, DC has got some like all their big like event books right now, like uh, three Jokers and this book. Like they got some like truly insane artists. Um, mm-hmm. I can always count on them for that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, glad that well, it finally has is on the lists. A Batman Catwoman special uh, will also release in June, so that should be thirteen. Hey, unlucky number thirteen. I love it. Uh, Batman Black and White, the anthology series, is making a comeback. Uh, it's going to be a six-issue prestige printed series uh, with creators such as Paul Dini and Andy Kubert, Tim Seeley and Kelly Jones, Emma Rios, John Arcudi and James Haran, Gabriel Hardman and Karina Becko, J.H. Yeah. Williams III coming back, uh, Tom wow, King and see, Good for yeah. him! Tom King and Mitch Gerards, uh, G. Willow Wilson and Greg Smallwood, Sophia Campbell, David Alia, Dustin Weaver, uh, Bill Quist, Evely, Joshua Williamson, and Riley Rosmo, James Tinney in the fourth, and Trad Moore. That's everyone Weeks, in DC right now. <laughs> yeah. Lee Weeks and Chip Zdarsky and Nick Bradshaw. Those are it feels literally... like a lot of the list for the, the Batman celebration. Because issue. it is. Yeah. That is, yo, man. Uh, Half of those people don't normally. A lot of those people are from like the Sandman universe. Like Bill Quist, Everly is an insanely awesome artist. She's so dope. I don't read that book, but I follow her on Instagram and Twitter because her art's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, her on Batman's always cool to me, um, especially black and white. Um, yeah, man, uh, I love anthology books. Uh, I'll read it eventually. <laughs> I wish G. I, I, I look at some of these anthology books and I'm wondering like why doesn't G. Willow Wilson have an ongoing series with DC? Because she was on Wonder Woman, now she's not on Wonder Woman anymore. I know, it's just, you know, give some of these people, don't give these people anthologies, give them, like, series. Yeah, because DC's bad about representation, yes. Um, we've, we've gotten teased for Endless Winter for a couple months now, and now we know what it is. Uh, Endless Winter will be the next December event from DC Comics, written by Ron Mars and Andy Lanning, with a rotating cast of artists. This is going to be a nine-issue 
weekly story bookended by uh, two specials called Justice League and This Winter. The first one said, the first, this is what the first one reads. This is the solicitation for it. The crossover event of the season begins here. The Justice League encounters an extinction level global storm brewing at the former site of the Fortress of Solitude. Enter the Frost King, a monster mad with power with an army at his command. What devastating mystery lies in his past? And how does he tie to Queen Hippolyta, Swamp Thing, Viking Prince, and their reluctant ally, Black Adam? Two timelines will reveal further clues and secrets throughout each chapter of this blockbuster tale. It's going to introduce the Justice League Viking. So that sounds cool. And I do not mean any disrespect to Ron Mars or Andy Lanning. But this, now that I know what this whole event sounds like, it kind of sounds like a fill-in event. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm sure the book can be great, but Ron Mars writes like Red and like Red Sonia in like Dynamite books, and he hasn't really written much at DC recently. Uh, and I'm just very—he's like an old school guy, like an '80s and '90s guy. Um, and Andy Lanning—I don't know the last time he wrote anything for DC. Uh, his bro Dan Abnett is all over DC. He's mm-hmm. he's DC fixer. Uh, he's on Odyssey right now. Um, this 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 seems like a, a okay. Seems like an okay thing. Like yeah. okay. It's a weekly uh, thing. Like they're pump, they're pumping it out. Um, right. So it's a nine issue weekly series. Uh, all going to be out in December. So it's it's it, so it's double double week sometimes. Is King um, and Black all in December? King and Black starts in December, but it's not all in December. No, I know, but it starts. In, okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, there's like going to be like a million tie-ins too. Yeah. 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 Um, Flash seven sixty seven will be part two. Superman on this winter part one. Uh, Aqu- sorry, part three. Aquaman sixty six. Justice League fifty eight. Teen Titans endless winter special. Just like Dark Twenty Nine, Black Adam, Endless Winter special, and then ending with Justice League, Endless Winter number two. Okay, that's the whole event from December first to December thirty first. Interesting. All right. All right. So we got some interesting. We actually got. I I, I was looking forward to this. This these are kind of kind of cool. There's there's a triptych here though. Tales of the Dark Multiverse is coming back. Uh, kind of heard sorry. about. Re- real real quick, and now mm-hmm. uh, it's, I meant to bring it up, and then I thought about something else you were saying um uh now we know tom taylor is not on endless winter which leaves a question mark of where he is going yeah that's a good point because he's ending suicide squad for something else we were all thinking it for a little bit that he was going to be on Endless uh, winter and he isn't so after this thing happened and we'll talk about superman stuff but the rumors of who might be taking over superman just leaves me really disheartened because it's just another boring white guy yeah. is it tom we'll taylor no no we'll <laughs> okay. get there all right, so Tales of the Dark Multiverse is coming back. This is the dark what-ifs that DC have been putting out. Um, they, they have Hush and Flashpoint coming out soon, but now they are going to include uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, with writer Steve Orlando and art by Mike Perkins. I'm not going to read the entire solicitation, but basically it's what if the Earth 2 universe had lived instead of the Earth 1 universe. So it's the JSA winning the crisis. I'm right. going to read this because Steve Orlando's writing it. Yeah, it sounds really cool. There's then there's War of the Gods by Vita Ayala and Ariel uh, Olivetti. Oh, Ariel Olivetti, so good. Uh, this is basically the War of the Gods event, but in this case, Wonder Woman is taken over by Hecate from Just League Dark, mm-hmm. and so she doesn't want to save the world. <clears throat> into it, very into it. And then Dark Knight's Metal. 
Tales of the Dark Books, so it's Dark Knight's Metal. I know. Uh, <laughs> Written by Scott Snyder, Colin Kelly, and Jackson Lansing, with art by Carl uh, Mostert and Trevor Scott. Basically, this is what if uh, the Dark Dark Knight's Metal, the Justice League hadn't won, and the multiverse was sunk into the dark into the dark multiverse. So listen, um, I'm cool with like referencing like past events and stuff because like I know Secret Wars. Like they they reference events from like twenty years ago or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Death Knight's Metal was the last the last event. <laughs> like it just yeah. happened. I'm like, wow, that's like, all right, cool. I'll guess I'll read another Death Knight's Metal book in the metal book I'm already reading. Okay. Uh, and then Dark Knight's Dark, Dark Knight's Death Metal also announced some new tie-ins. Now I'm not gonna go through them all because uh, it's a lot to read. But Dark Knight's Death Metal: The Secret Origin Number One by Scott Snyder and Jeff Johns, with art by Ryan Benjamin. Dark Knight's Death Metal, The Last Stories of the DC, of the DC Universe, number one, written by a ton of people. It's an anthology book. And then Dark Knight's Death Metal, The Last 52, War of the Multiverse, is number one. Again, an anthology book. Now, I might get that. that one sounds dope. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing about these ones were that they all have variant covers by Gary Frank. And all these variant covers form a triptych. Uh-huh. That was weird. Until so important until the next thing that dropped this week, which was Generations Shattered. Generations is apparently alive in a form. I did a lot of research on this one because I wanted to get this one right. <laughs> oh yes, Generations Shattered is what was originally going to be Generations One, Age of Mysteries. But instead of the original writers, it's now Dan Jurgens, Robert Vendetti, and Andy Schmidt. With art by Ivan Reese, Brian Hitch, Kevin Nolan, and more. Oh man! Okay. Right. So, so this is going to be out on January fifth, twenty twenty one. The solicitation is interesting in that it reads: "A threat of cosmic proportion to DC's newest and oldest universe compelled one of the most unusual groups of heroes ever assembled to take on the most mysterious foe they have ever encountered." Join the original Batman. Commandy, Starfire, Sinestro, Booster Gold, Dr. Light, and Steel in their their quest to save the universe before time runs out. It's a very interesting group of heroes. Yeah. So, this is going to be preceded by Detective Comics 1027, which is going to have a prequel called Generations Fractured, which is actually available online now. You can read it below. I, I put it in the links in the links of the description. You can read, I think, the entire thing, but I'm a, I, I, I kind of hope it's not. Um, so that'll be in, that'll be in there. Uh, that story written by the same Dan Jurgens. uh, this story pits Batman against a world, a, a would be gang of museum vandals led by calendar man as the dark Knight tries to stop him from torching priceless artifacts. A mysterious flash of light appears to break reality and Batman finds that everything in, in Gotham, everything is different in Gotham as he's transported back to 1939. <gasps> Why do I have a gun? Yeah, right. He was. What? It's like, what's this thing? Now, if you want a refresher, Generations was initially going to be a series of five one shots that prestige one shots that will lead into whatever the next event rumored to be five G was. Five, five generations, five G. Yeah, Generation One, Age of Mysteries. Generation Two, Age of Metahumans. Generation Three, Age of Crisis. Generation Four, Age of Rebirth, and Generation Five, Age of Tomorrow. 
by Andy Schmidt with lead art by Doug Mankey. They solicited it. It was going to come. Then Dan Didio was fired and the coronavirus happened. So it was postponed. And it looks like it's been changed. Now, the other thing is, the reason why I brought up the Gary Frank variants from Dark Knight's Death Metal is that the Gary Frank variants for Dark Knight's Death Metal are, in fact, the variants for this book, for Generations. Yeah, they're just repurposing them. Yeah. It's because Good the job. solicitation for the Generations one-shot said each one will have a variant cover by Gary Frank that forms one long image. Wow. Amazing. And there's only three of them, which means the, the last two weren't finished. Well, great. Golly gee willikers. Yeah. Uh, the original story for Generations was teased in Flash Forward Trade Paperback and Wonder Woman 750. Both of those stories were going to be collected in the, in the Generation Zero free comic book day issue. That never happened. It's messy. That's messy. So there you go. Generations oh, is alive. Gone. Let's see if it works out. Yeah. Generations is alive. Uh, there's something happening next next year as far as DC. Whatever. We'll see. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, it's my whole thing of like, it's okay. too early to care. Also, also, just like, okay, so you got the guy who wrote The Death of Superman 30 years ago to come and write this. Like, the, no fresh voices. We're just going to keep going back to the well. I love Wells. He wrote, love action, he wrote Action Comics Rebirth also. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he sure did. Begrudgingly, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it was good stuff. <laughs> um, all right, represent. Not, not. That's not what I mean. Uh, there is a digital first series coming out called Represent. Um, this was coming from DC Comics. Uh, written, the first issue is written by Christian Cooper, with art by Aletha E. Martinez. Christian Cooper, by the way, if you don't know who that is, he is the Marvel editor who had the police called on him yep, for yep, asking yep. a woman to leash up her dog. Um, the first story that he is writing is called It's a Bird, about which is about Jules, a black teenager, um, being given a pair of old binoculars as he heads out for a morning of bird watching. He soon learns the binoculars show him a lot more than birds, and maybe they keep him safe too. Hmm. Hmm. X-ray specs. So they had a so the editor of this book says this digital series is designed to showcase and introduce creators traditionally underrepresented uh, in the mainstream comic book medium. Why isn't it in print then? Yeah, thank you, Brandon. Thank you. Um, Asking the important questions. The first yeah. issue is free on Comicsology because they're willing to do it, but not but not at the cost of uh, having to actually publish and produce it. Yep. Um, the first issue is available for free. You can get it now. You can get it. Well, that's good. Though. That's nice. We also found out through the solicitation that Batman Beyond is ending with issue fifty. The guy's been on Batman Beyond for way too long. Who's who? Who's writing Batman Beyond? Oh, I wanted to say Jan, Dan Jurgens, but I don't think I actually think that's it. That's who it is. I, I thought he. Is, I think it is Dan Jurgens. Okay, then it's Dan Jurgens. <laughs> Then it's Dan Jurgens. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. If we want to say Dan Jurgens, then it's probably Dan Jurgens. <laughs> Sorry if it's not Dan. Yeah, we'll, we'll blame you anyway. But yeah, I mean this <laughs> this book should be this ship book should have been given to like some up and comer, some yeah. some some person who 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 has been writing comics for a hundred years. Yeah, like exactly like exactly like like Spider Man twenty ninety nine or like Batman Beyond. Like that is perfect. Like uh, the futuristic youth, like. You don't get a guy who's 60 to write that book. Yeah. Uh, For as long as he did, 50 issues. 
I mean, good for him. Like, yeah. I, I don't know anyone reading that book, so I guess it sold fine. <laughs> fine enough. Yeah, but I agree with you, Ryan. We should get younger people to write Spider-Man 2099 and Batman Beyond. I just want to... Just more than the same three people. That's all I care. That's yeah, all it'd, I be, it'd be nice. We also found out that Brian Michael Bendis is leaving Superman and Action Comics. Uh, Action Comics at, at the end of 1028 and Superman at the end of 28. So we have a poster up there that says Bendis is coming. Can we get an opposite poster that says Bendis is leaving? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm not... I'm not deep enough in it that i i'm like celebrating his exit but i get it you're not caught up to uh, i'm acknowledging that no I'm no i know it. that's that's what i mean it's like that's that's unfortunately we were so excited yeah, yeah. that I was, was that was a bummer i was really into i mean i was trying i mean when i was reading his the in the initial run of like man of steel action and uh superman i was like telling myself I was like yeah this is good this is good and it's like oh just wait that bendis magic is gonna happen and then later on, I just, when I would go to the store, the Superman books would be at the bottom of my pole and then other books would take, would take over and it kept happening for weeks. And then I had a bunch of Superman stuff and I, I didn't hate it. It's just, I wasn't looking forward to reading stuff. That's the thing. Like I didn't, I didn't hate it. It just didn't connect with me. And I was, I was a yeah. bummer because I generally liked Bendis' stuff, but there were so many decisions that he made that he made. that I just never got over like gauging up John Kent. Like, yeah. or that, just, like, the saddest thing that could have ever happened to that character. I think the last issue issue of Superman I own is the one where Superman reveals his secret identity to the world. Mm. Isn't he like the president of the world right now? Is he? I'm pretty sure he's the president of the world. Oh, man, I don't so want to talk about this anymore. Sure I saw a panel of him talking to the world like, I'm the president. I'm the best. I'm like, oh, Superman. I don't, I don't think be a president. It's not what you would do. This is not making me happy. First one, <laughs> Superman, sure, but he still kept a secret identity. <clears throat> All right, so some fandom stuff happened this week. Enter the dome. This is kind of what I've been able to cobble together. Feel free to jump in with anything you have. Uh, did, you anybody, have did anybody watch any of the panels? No, I couldn't figure out how to do it. Really? You just hit schedule and watch video. It was so you just click on I, the video. And see, watch video. I also didn't try very hard. Okay, because I was gonna say like I'm not trying to be mean. There's literally a two button process. <laughs> like it was not I, hard. I just didn't. I didn't care to go through uh, the whole motion. I watched a bunch of them. I think they're all really good. I watched the Watchmen ones. The uh, the other history of the DC universe of John Bradley is really good. John Bradley? Mm -hmm. John Bradley. John Bradley. Um, the Doom Patrol panel is really good. They don't talk about mental health. It's stuff really important. Um, both of the Watchmen panels talk about, which I'm really impressed by, talk about um, racial discrimination and systemic racism in in the real world and in DC. Uh, so like, God, God bless you, Damon Lindelof and DC for allowing those to be there because that's the only time I'll ever see DC talk about real shit like that. Yeah, seriously. It was really cool. You mentioned you mentioned Doom Patrol. Uh, they they took the opportunity to announce that Doom Patrol had been renewed for a third season on HBO Max. I was nervous. That Man. app is dead. No, yeah. we the, don't know now. The did, app? Yeah. Did you caught the Jim Lee thing? Yeah. No. Which one? I caught a lot of Jim. I caught a lot of Jim Lee stuff. I don't know which one. Jim Lee put out an Instagram post where he said, "Congratulations, to Doom Patrol, on getting a well-deserved third season." Check back next week for really exciting news about the future of hashtag the DC universe, specifically talking about the DC universe app. So they're announcing whatever they're planning for the Jesus. What? They're announcing whatever they're planning for the future of the DC universe next week. Mm -hmm. uh, watch that turn into only a comic service. And if you want to watch the great DC shows, just get on HBO Max. That was really loud. Young uh, Justice. 
I have no. Uh, I, Megan's in my room, so. Oh, just give me a second. You guys continue talking. <laughs> uh, speaking of DC Universe, Young Justice uh, took the opportunity uh, for. Oh, hi, K, K Titus. Thank you for still listening. Uh, the three people who are still watching this. I don't know how you guys do it, but Young Justice um, season four has a title now: Young Justice Phantoms. Oh, they actually got. Oh, yeah. I okay. I don't know if I should feel bad or or, or what because I was championing the return of Young Justice, and then when I heard it was coming to DC Universe, I was like, "Yeah, we're getting Young Justice season three. I haven't watched a single thing of it. We watched two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Not because it was bad, we just we got distracted yeah, with other things, and, things. And we just haven't. I love those first two seasons of Young. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was reading Mag's comment. Yeah, because I love those first two seasons of Young Justice. I think those seasons are amazing. I agree. And then when they, it got canceled, I was like, "No, third season's coming back! Yay! Here it is." Other stuff. It's it's like I'm like I mean oh, it's cool. it's, it's tough for you. I mean it's it's tough for you because and me because you know we don't have DC Universe. Yeah. So, anyway, that's cool. It's getting a fourth season. Yeah, eight, eight bucks is a lot. Yeah. I know. I mean, I'm paying for Hulu, but there are also times where it's like, do I really, really need that? Do I really? I mean, I might just wait for a DVD, DVD, Blu-ray. Who knows? Uh, I have people the DVD, talk. Hold, ben. Yeah. The DVD is out. Oh shit! All right. So Watchmen had a panel. It did. Um, and I think the the you know the biggest takeaway, obviously, Ryan said about the about the, what they talked about, but. Uh, apparently, Damon Lindelof, uh, uh, sorry, Tom King, doubled down on the fact that the Watchmen Rorschach comic coming out under the Black Label is in fact tied to the TV show. So, no, yes, but no. Um, he yes, but no. He specifically said, "I loved your show, so I wrote. I didn't write anything that would contradict your show." He said, "It is not directly a. It is not a prequel to your show. But if people want to believe they're in the same universe, I did not contradict that. That's what mm-hmm. he said. It is not tied to the show, but it is not. Uh, it is not damaging to the show, right? Because he it wanted to violate it. the comic. Yeah, he said you could read the comic and then and watch the show, and nothing would contradict um, um, from the original comic or anything. So I think that's extra important because he's being respectful while also still doing his own thing. He's mm-hmm. trying to." he's trying to make it feel like his story takes place in the true Watchmen universe. And he wants you to feel like the show can too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. Cause Ryan, when he first said yes and no, he's like, yes, but no, I was like, wait, is that, isn't that a good thing or is that a bad? Thing? No, it's a good I, thing. I, I, it's a very good okay. thing. Yeah. And, and, now, and yeah. I was getting mixed also, messages from you. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm I, frankly, I'm glad that he's going the route of like, I don't want to contradict it. But I'm glad he's not trying to tie into it either. So up until now, I've been very, you know, like I don't want any more Watchmen shit. Um, after watching this interview with Tom King, um, I I am I am a hundred percent more sold on specifically only the Rorschach comic. Um, because he Tom King is a dude, he really likes Watchmen and he really likes Alan Moore, and he he's a dude. And him and Damon Lindelof had a great talk about how, like, they were both offered Watchmen things that they turned down for years. This is the only panel I watched part of. Cool. Uh, uh, and yeah, Tom King's like, yeah, they offered me this book years ago, and I didn't want to do it because I, I don't want to, I don't want to be the guy who writes the Watchmen sequel. Like, that's not what I want to do. Uh, and then years later, he was like, you know what? Like, we're here. I'd rather be me than anyone else, which is exactly why Damon, Damon Lindelof did the show. Real, real quick, this is actually a good point to bring it up. Damon Lindelof did a post mortem podcast episode of the Watchmen podcast. It came out a couple of weeks ago. 
and all he like he was just talking about like getting some of the writers and and directors on from key episodes and they were on talking with him about the show and then uh one of the key things that he said is uh the the moderate the host of the podcast uh brought up do you think you'll you'll want to see like watchmen do another watchman show like they're you're just waiting to come up with that story and he's like to be real with you i'd rather that someone else came up with a great idea and i got to just see it yeah um because at this point i feel like watchman belongs to far more people than it does uh it, it honestly like from the day one of me starting the process i felt like watchman didn't belong to me anyway yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i'm starting to like you know it's a world like hey it's it, business is business like is is as much as i want art to like have some type of like I don't know, like honor or respect to it. Um, I understand you got to put a Doctor Manhattan in a in a Batman book. I get it, but um, the fact mm, that this—do you? No, you don't. That's no. See, the real answer is no. <laughs> but I live in the real world where shit's sad. Um, but this Rorschach comic, like, it seems like it is a hard-boiled. It is about a detective who experiences this Rorschach event and and how like Rorschach has been gone. So who is it and how he gets involved in the superhero world and like it is more. It is it is a Watchmen book. Like they they've already said like there are multiple characters from Watchmen who are in the book. Uh, which why wouldn't they be? Um, but the fact that it's about a detective, in like uh, uh, in this world instead of just like a superhero guy makes me really excited about it. Um, and it's like it, it the, the few pages we've seen like it, it it doesn't just feel like 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 a black label book. Like it feels like yo man we really wanted to try something really really different. Um, and I and honestly, Tom King is is the perfect guy with with you know Vision and Mister Miracle and Strange Adventures. Um, he is the perfect guy for that. So uh, I'm I'm pretty optimistic about about that book, man. That's great. Yeah. Superman and Lois is the next uh, CW live action series. Um, yes, it is. We got some new information, such as uh, the the show will take place in Smallville, not Metropolis. Also, also the CW has uh, named the whole renamed. The entire universe of superhero shows to something really stupid. Oh no, the CW verse. Oh really? Yeah, really? because Arrow's not a show anymore. Yeah, but he's still important in the found. You know, you know, you get it. You, you should <laughs> like just keep calling it the Arrowverse. It's, you know, it's we're still gonna call it the Arrowverse. Yeah, yeah I'm still calling the Arrowverse. Sorry, you can't stop me. The Sorry, other, the other thing is that Superman is going to get a new suit, um, yep. primarily Ooh. because. The suit that they had was only made for crossovers and couldn't sustain a whole series. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, it looks the, really good. You can't wear it a lot. Yeah. I'm sure you're giving him trunks too. Please. And then yeah. one of and then one of the other things is uh, I can't believe they had to, they had to say this, but there will be no affairs on the show. Lois and Clark will not have affairs on the show. I mean, I I don't think they had to say it, but I appreciate that they did. You know, <laughs> I think. You know where I think it stems from? I think it stems from a stigma of like CW this is drama. True. CW drama is a lot yeah. based around like love and romantic affairs and like breaking up relationships and that kind of thing. That's a key note Hondo. of CW shows, especially the superhero shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that they're going and saying we are not doing relationship drama with Superman, Lois, and Clark, we're not doing it. Uh, they're just going to be like a couple. Of course, they're going to be yeah. a functional couple who can have like relationship dynamic things happen but nothing that's going to put the relationship in jeopardy yeah uh i respect that i'm glad that they said it outright same um the flash movie uh we got some we got a little bit more juicy nuggets about the flash movie i don't know there's another flash panel yeah um there uh the director said it's going to include a lot of other dc characters this also stems from a rumor that we heard that a lot of the stuff of ray fisher started when he was renegotiating to appear as cyborg in the flash right um 
so Which makes sense because they're they're implied to hang out because when we see Barry uh, in Crisis on Infinite Earths, he mentions that Vic like they're hanging out all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then it's going to give the DCEU a fresh slate. It will honor what had come before and give it a fresh slate. Flashpoint. Flashpoint. What what we all expected. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it'll keep all the actors Wonder, who are Wonder still Woman's there. continuity won't be messy anymore. You don't have to worry about is it Snyder cut? Is it not? Yeah. It's all don't it's even move. Right. 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 Saying, saying, oh man, guys. Okay, yeah. like I don't because it just doesn't look like it's it's it would work. I like you know Pattinson being that Batman for that Justice League. Like I don't buy it. But there was just something to think of. Like you watch that Flashpoint movie, and at the end, it's 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 Pattinson sitting in the chair when it was Ben Affleck. And you're like, thank you for that note. I'm like, oh, that could work. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't want it. I just I want, want it. It's Henry Cavill to come back as Superman. Yeah. I just want so that. So does he. Does he does too. I know, I know he doesn't show up in Flashpoint, but, or wait, he could, he does in the book and then does in the anime. In the movie. comic. Yeah. He's he in the comic. Yeah. But if this helps make it to pave the, the road for more Superman films, gimme. Yeah. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Right. <laughs> better batman superman movie please damn it so jim lee had a had a q a where he he i pulled some some little nuggets from here he talks a bit about 5g uh or what he doesn't say what 5g was we're pretty sure i only get um, 4g oh, sorry sorry okay we get 5g on the wi-fi yeah so apparently what the hell apparently 5g uh is not a thing in the current publishing sphere yeah. Oh, um, really? We we uh, he says this. We really want to focus on individual titles and organically build up individual characters over the course of the next year, rather than a line wide relaunch of what five G was rumored to be. Uh, like another rebirth. I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah. God, that would have. Oh my God. I'm so. I'm I can't like, do another rebirth right yeah. now. Especially because. What we started with rework was so good. And I'm like, oh, just try to get back. You're to never, that. you're never gonna relaunch and have it be that good. Again. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Like they're never gonna have that many titles across a relaunch be that solid for that long. That many good creative teams, yeah. Yeah. You know, re- even when I was in the middle of uh, Bendis' Superman run, and I got the the not the graphic novels volumes one and two of uh, to- Kudre Tomasi's run of Superman. Mm-hmm. That was I wanted that more than Bendis' run. I'm yeah. still wanting, trying to hunt down those uh, Tomasi books too. Yeah. Uh, then the other thing that he that I wanted to pull out was that he mentioned the Earth One line just briefly, um, the Earth One line of original graphic novels. He says it's not dead, uh, and that they're just they just want to make sure that the writers and artists have plenty of time to finish the products, which is why it's not on a set schedule. Um, <clears throat> okay. But they are committed to the series with more titles coming out. Could be the Aquaman and Flash ones we were taught we were heard about in 2015. Oh my god! And that Batman Earth One Volume Three is in fact coming soon. We just don't know when. We okay. know we know Gary Frank has been working on art because he's shared art. Not he's recently. done. He's done. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. So it's being colored and inked right now. Got well, it. Makes sense. At least they mentioned something because I thought Earth One was one of those things that DC is like, oh yeah, we have that thing. Eh, let's put it back in the closet. We'll pull that out eventually. Uh, Wonder Woman. Another thing. I, I personally, I personally got confirmation that Wonder Woman Earth One Volume Three is coming. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Excellent. That was funny. So that that's really it that I pulled from DC fandom. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to wanted to bring uh, up? No. 
I was surprised that we got through this and they didn't announce Harley Quinn getting a season pickup. That worries no. me. That really worries me. Um, the that that surprised me. I'm hoping that it will come next week. Yeah. With whatever the DC Universe's future plans are, they acknowledge either what's happening to the show's post. Uh, if I'm to guess, they're going to tell us that it's lowering its price. It's going to be just comics and yeah. everything else is moving to HBO Max. Which sucks for people who don't have HBO Max, but um, it's it's a pretty decent service and has a lot of stuff. So like, there's no reason not to have it. And they yeah. can be more. Yeah. yeah. Change change the uh, low the whole setup so it functions better as a comic. Yes. Reader. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's it. So why don't we go into our book club now, if there's nothing else. Hey, welcome to the Fake Nerd Comic Shop. Yeah, hi. Um, do you have any books? Uh, could you be a little bit more specific? Um, anything readable? All right, Ben. Yes. Take it away, my friend. Yeah, so my book club is Critical Role Vox Machina Origins Volume 1. Which is story by uh, Matthew Mercer and uh, Matthew Colville. The script is done by Matthew Colville. Art is done by Olivia Sampson, and colors and lettering are done by Chris Northorp. Critical Role, of course, created ben, by Matthew Mercer. It's yeah, by Jody Hauser. You skipped Jody Hauser. Jody Hauser is the person who actually wrote the book. Really? Yes. Matthew doesn't... Mercer did story. Yeah, but doesn't say doesn't have that name right here on my thing. That's weird. That's yeah. not... The script is done by uh, Matthew Colville. Weird. Did I read the wrong book? I hope not. <laughs> Which one did you read? Vox, Vox Machina Origins. Okay. Or whatever. Yeah. Okay, hold on a second. You guys talk. I'll get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. okay. Um, yeah, as I was saying, um, Critical Role was created by Matt Mercer, the voice actor with a bunch of other voice actors. Um, and they did a, they uh, had a home game, then they did a podcast, and it blew up, and now it's this huge thing. And this book is essentially the very first adventure of Vox Machina, and they're as of now, the podcast is still the show is still going strong. They're on their second campaign. Five years it's been running. Yeah, five Ryan, years. Ryan, I'm afraid to say you did in fact read the second volume. <gasps> Are you kidding me? No. Oh, yo, that second volume was dope as hell. Let me see the cover of yours, Ben. Let me see the. That's not the cover for the issues on the on the thing that we use. Uh, that's a shame, I guess. This is the, yeah. This is the cover we had on the on the Instagram. No, no, no. And the, and the thing that we use to read comic books, my friend. Oh, I read the right thing. I read the right thing for sure. Well, Jody Hauser isn't in the second, isn't in the first volume. I I saw her name a whole. That's so wet, so weird. Okay, I guess. Show me what you read, that. Sparks. I just showed him the panels, so to, he read the right thing. Go to the first page. I know, but maybe well, you read, saw, read the wrong. The credits. I mean, I don't have that here. Maybe right you read that. the wrong thing, also. Oh Lord. Because Ben, there's okay. So there's there's the original critical role like book and then there's this origins book which is the second okay book. okay so no okay so what is collected in this is the critical role book not actually called vox machina it is redressed that for the trade so we we all we all we read a different book then so then the four of us read a different book <laughs> ben, and I, ben and i read the read the book that he picked and you guys read the second if volume. you notice that you need to text us <laughs> i i i read what what was text what what was given to us i read that book <laughs> perhaps we perhaps we postpone to next week for ryan nope. and sparks to... hold on uh it's one second uh well ben why don't you just talk about it real quick talk about uh uh talk about <laughs> real quick oh, uh, 
I, I I enjoyed this book. I don't think this book was like the best thing, but it's the very beginning of Vox Machina. It's the it's the very be- it's when all the characters that because I've listened to the whole podcast, their whole the original campaign, and at least that's when it was available on iTunes. And I absolutely love these characters. I love Grog as one of my favorites. Um, we're we're missing a few key characters like uh Percy, which is Percival, um, played by Talos and Jaffe. He's not in the first book. Uh, he's not in this volume. Or um, Pike, which is who was played by Ashley Johnson. Yeah. They're not there yet, but we'd still get Tiberius Stormwind, who was a very prominent member of the team in the very beginning. Which I I as hey, real quickly, order, real quickly together, I, what real quickly, Sparks Ryan, your book yeah. doesn't end on a boat, right? No. No. Okay. Yeah. So we read we read the second volume because that's okay. I thought that's what was because in the layout of where we read it that's how it's set up so it says critical role and it says critical role Vox Machina Origins so we read the one that said Vox Machina Origins yes and we didn't we didn't double think it I guess I should have thought something was weird I did I because I was like I don't really know these people but oh, yeah. uh, I was also like, I don't watch the show, so maybe that's just how it is. Okay, so I don't feel bad now, but uh, I also read a different book. Okay. So Joey Hauser wrote that second volume. That's second volume I think is really fun and good. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to the second volume because I, I saw it and I want to pick it up. I thought this first volume was actually okay. I mean, it's not horrible, but it there are parts that I'm like, hmm, okay, that that was a choice. But the, it does bring um, like some certain character things. Like, yeah, Scanlan would definitely do that because – um, like there's a scene in the book where they need to dilute a curse, and the way to do it is that Scanlan starts peeing on the curse. Oh, and so I think Dan Regal would actually do that. Yeah, I and, uh, also, and uh, throws some uh lines like, Hey, here's inspiration. Because there are times where when they're playing the games, like I want to cast inspiration. Scanlan says something actually pretty funny, inspired that helps the team. Or Grog's trap, Travis Willingham's fair's line is, I would like to rage because Grog goes into rage and. Fuck shit up. Uh, Ryan, what were you going to say? Uh, I watched Critical Role when it first started, and then I dropped off of it. So, like, um, all of these voice actors, like, you guys are familiar. Half of the Avengers are these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she's also, uh, Laura Bailey is is uh, Mary Jane in the Spider-Man game. Mm-hmm. Um, like, all these people are famous people uh, that have been in games for d- a decade now. Um, yeah. So I was able to very quickly, even though I read the second volume, like, I know that I have enough memory of those characters. Um, I also, even though I read a different volume, I really enjoyed, and I assume it's the way in the first volume, that even though this is fully in the fantasy world, it's not, you know, the actors playing a role. They still reference stuff from the modern world. And like in the second mm-hmm. volume, uh, um, the guy, he becomes Burt Lancaster. That's Burt Reynolds. His, Burt Reynolds, sorry. I keep like Burt Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, no, because that was an actual thing. <laughs> Yes. In, in the in the in the podcast later on, he <laughs> Scanlan says, "My name is Burt Reynolds." Yeah. Um. Just real quick. Uh, I don't think you need to have a real history of this book, but I do think this is a a decent, um, just fun light fantasy story. Uh, as a as a person who had no familiarity with anything, yeah, going into it, um, there were definitely like, I can get on board. Uh, but I do feel like I'm missing a beat of knowing who some of these characters are. Because the volume doesn't do anything to tell you. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, I guess, I mean, like, you, you're a person. Like, I, I, the- I can't tell you a dick about antlers. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, th- I think the art's rad, though. I think, no, yeah, the I think, really I think the art, I don't know if it's the same for the first volume, but that second, I was, like, really impressed with how, how dynamic the 
the faces were and like some of the action is really good and like um grog is that thing grog yeah, grog? yeah. That's um, my favorite yeah grog in the second volume is really good and like he he's just like a big lovable oaf who wants to fight he must be a goku actually he's very goku he just like the eat and fight uh but he's got a heart of gold um he does he does i, I think I, I I wouldn't be shocked, no offense to Matt Mercer, but I wouldn't be shocked if you find the second volume better written because it's written by an actual comic book writer. Yeah, because there are times where I was reading this. I really it, didn't like the layout of this book. If it got So I don't know if I love the second one, but in the first volume, uh, the first like four issues are just in widescreen panels. Oh, no, it's no. definitely not. It's a comic book. It's, it's and a, that was, it's, that was a frustrating, said, that was a frustrating read. Yeah. Yeah. We wrote the book. We didn't yeah. understand. We wrote the book. <laughs> um yes uh yeah the, the the thing was uh on the place we read these books there's even though it's all called vox vox machina the whole all the books are called vox machina one of them is not called vox machina so we read the one that's called vox machina which okay. was the which is the second volume but it's also the first volume it's weird okay uh, yeah but well, i'm glad I, you guys read that second book because after because when i was reading this and when i got to the end i'm like okay this is starting to warm up to me because after a while i was like this dialogue is not that good so I'm glad you guys are saying it gets better, which makes me happy because I am a I love as I if, you're, if you're a huge fan of Vox Machina and you love the original campaign, this is probably this is be like yeah it's got problems but it doesn't totally kill it for me. But because I was going in as totally blind because I, I never because I never picked up the loose issues. I'm only picking up the trades. Yeah, I I as I do I take pictures of no, the stuff you're not, I like. I'm totally blind. You're <laughs> not totally blind. I don't even know okay. Critical Role. So okay. Brandon and I are real. To I mean, like I know it, but I've never watched it. So yeah, okay. Brandon and I are, are the totally blind. It's almost funny because I think if you probably if you read Volume One, you'd probably have better understanding of the characters. But it's not as well written as this one is. But you have to know who the characters are to 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 get it. So I, I mean, I don't I don't have to. That's the thing. It's yeah. like what I was gonna say about Volume Two is that which apparently is Volume Two. What I was gonna say originally, regardless, is that I'm like I'm impressed with how much I actually don't know most of the characters, but I'm still super invested in the ones I do. Yeah. Uh, I think that's well written. I really like the art. I like the world. I'm like I would follow more of the adventures to get to know some of these other characters better. It it really made me. It's like coming into Big Hero Six in the middle. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. It really did make me wanna because I dropped off like years and years ago. Like it really makes me wanna get back into it because yeah, there really is like they were the first people to really do like like live streaming D and D. Mm -hmm. uh, but like they're all actual talented voice actors, so like they are the real characters. Um, yeah. that was so much fun, and I just dropped off because you know reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, because reading this actually kind of makes me a little happy because when I started listening to the podcast, the first available episode on iTunes, what it felt. I mean, it's great. It was slated as episode one, but you can tell that they were been going. They've been playing this whole this game for a while. They just now finally started recording it at a new, I guess, chapter in their campaign. Mm. so seeing the scene what i'm assuming is when uh this book like the real volume one picks up when all the actors finally sat down at the table and started at level one yeah when you, in the first page of the first volume you see all the characters from the final fight from the final fight of the first campaign of ox machina and all their titles their armor all, all this cool stuff but then as the panel goes down some characters are missing some characters are there and then it goes to the, just the two, because the first, I want to say, three issues only focuses on two characters, which are, mm -hmm. the first are the twins, Vex and Vex, then you get Scanlan and Grog, and finally Tiberius and Keyleth. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, and then after that, they all come together. It's them forming the team as it is. 
there's a there's a great thing from volume two where the lizard man um he's on a quest because like his friend's dying and he's like oh i need to go find this thing and he runs into like a library or like a traveling librarian and he's like oh sir oh you have this book wait i gotta focus on my friend how much is the book uh it's just a cute little like oh that dude's like cares about his intelligence like that uh, is definitely tiberius stormwind from draconia yeah um i i do think the second volume has some some good character stuff um and i think the art um almost like power rangers like the art like is sublime like i think the art is in volume two if it is the same artist um just really good really good it, it helped a lot yeah it did yeah i mean the art in this in the art in uh volume one isn't bad i like it yeah. it's just for me there are times the writing was just like uh yeah. so hearing that the second volume is a lot better just makes me happy so cool i can get the second volume and get a better product and yeah. enjoy it more because after i was reading this i didn't know if i wanted to continue which sucks because I love these characters so much. I, I think I think this was a, a a for you specifically. I think you're really gonna like it. I, I like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Brandon, what'd you what'd you uh, think? It is it is the same artist. Okay. Good. I like that art a lot. Cool. Um, cool. I don't. I, honestly, I don't think anything. I don't really care for it. I have no thoughts on it. It was just so whatever to me. Okay. I think you actually would have liked Volume Two a lot better. Potentially, but I didn't read Volume Two. I know. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that's what I was doing. <laughs> Frog's real right. great. Frog's good. It makes me happy because I was almost not going to buy volume two, but hearing you guys say how great volume two is, I'm like, yeah, thank God they saved it. I might, saved it. I might legitimately start like rewatching that stuff because, um, uh, yeah. uh that's, that's fun. I'm, I like DD a lot. I miss, I miss playing like, I miss playing DD. Me too. All right. Buddy. So, anything else you guys wanted to bring up about this book? No, um, I will say I am having read volume two. I am shocked at the quality mm-hmm. of a of a live streamed D and D YouTube thing turned into a comic is as good as it is because that's mm-hmm. like a whole bunch of like the nichiest thing ever made. I'm like, actually, no, it's it, they got a good writer. Like, it's got a lot of personality. Art's great. Like, this is a good product. Uh, next week it's Ryan's turn. Hey, guess what? I love Iron Man. I also love Doctor Doom. Santa Claus is cool. I, excuse me, Luna. So I bought this trade and it's out of print, but it's, look how dope this is. It's called Iron Man versus Dr. Doom. Look at that cool ass shit. Yeah. This is a collection. This came out, oh, look at that. Look at the green screen. Uh, this came out in 1994, but this is a collection of Iron Man's number 149, 150 and Iron Man's 249 and 250. They are both anniversary double issues that involve Dr. Doom and Iron Man after the new comic coming out. Um, this is like my favorite pairing in Marvel Comics. That Bendis run is all about this shit. Um, and this is the arguably one of the best Iron Man runs, because there's not that many, of uh, David Michelin and Bob Layton. Uh, and they're like the, the premier Iron Man team. So uh, I'm very excited. These are some old school comics. Can't wait to read some Goofy Doctor Doom. Yeah. All right. So next week, uh, it's going to be more comics, more Marvel Comics, as we start our discourse on X-Men. Ah! The Don Hickman Dawn of X. We did House of X, Powers of X. Now we're doing Dawn of X. So, for three of us, that's that's not that much homework for Benjamin, my man. That's like that's like a lot of issues. That's like <laughs> you're the one doing homework this week. Yeah. My man. So so we very quickly should find out what series we're focusing on. I'll text you tonight. And, uh, no problem. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Meg. Thank you, Meg. Thank yeah. You, Mag. So. Uh, we will be discussing all of the, the current X-Men books. We'll be breaking up into two different sections, so we're not talking about 100 issues in one sitting, because that'd be, oh, uh, bananas. Now, uh, that would probably turn into a summer podcast. 
I mean, I don't I don't know, Ryan, but I'm like, we gotta go through sometime. Not on Sundays, no, thank you. Um, okay, so that's that. So look forward to that. Um, we also have other shows on this channel. If you're watching the live stream or if you're watching the replay, check out our other shows on this channel. Make sure to like this video. Make sure to subscribe to this channel uh, because you can find our Fake Nerds Watch series on Lovecraft Country. Episode four is up now. Uh, you can also find that in the link in the description. Uh, that show is really great. Check out our after show where we talk about it in depth. We all had the same fan theory this week. Feeling pretty good about that. We'll see what happens this week. Find out this soon. Basement Arcade. Uh, you know, hey, Avengers is out. Check that one out. But there's other Basement Arcades coming. Uh, stay tuned for all that. Um, and we have our Fake Nerd Book Club, which we are currently going through. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, the next volume, the uh, next one is volumes four, four and five. five. Four and five. I got there. And the annuals. So uh, check out that show if you are so inclined. You can also support us on our Patreon. Where we got a, we got our tiers. Uh, you can support our Tee Public, where we got a bunch of cool shirts up there, other cool merchandise, not just shirts. And you can buy our Fake Nerd Podcast masks. I did the math. We only have eight masks left. We did pretty good on the masks. Good job. Wait, uh, so definitely, guys, stay safe out there. Get yourself a mask if you want to support us. Get yourself a Fake Nerd Podcast mask. We appreciate it. All the links are in the description below, and you can find them all also on our website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who's been watching the stream. Thank you to everyone who watched the live thing. Thank you for 100 YouTube subscribers. Yay, you. Thank That's you. awesome. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Belushi for our uh, theme musics and our interim music if you're listening to this on the audio. Uh, you can find him at, at Jeremy Village of Keyboards. He also does a podcast called Suburban Proctologist, where you can find you can find that on iTunes, Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official, or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. It's a very funny show he does mostly on his own. Um, music, voice acting, really great. Nine episodes are up now. Check it out. You can also, we also thank Mike Matola. Mike, he's a, a wonderful collaborator. Um, he did our logos for Fictor Book Club, Fictor Podcast, and Miscellaneous. Uh, you can find him at Mike Matola on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, FakeNerdGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, ben? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BenMagnet27. Sometimes I also stream on Twitch, which is also the same thing, BenMagnet27. And I write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. Did not put a new article up this weekend, but one will go up soon. Sparks? Yeah. Uh, you can find me reading too many books at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan. Hey, guys. I'm DJ Tony Snark everywhere, and I'm just going to be here marveling at how just dope this cover is. Look at how dope that is. Oh, my God. They got swords. X of swords. All right. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, so like and subscribe this this video, this channel. Great review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Till next week, guys. Stay fake, nerds. <laughs>